As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code RESTful15. So head to bollnbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Secure your tinfoil hats, buckle down tight, and hold on loosely as we soar over the rocky tops of the La Platas on a rocky mountain high, get sucked into the vortex of the Four Corners, and settle down snugly at Ma Marker 420 in colorful Colorado. And I swear to God, no matter how many times I say that, it still tries to come out as a southern accent. I don't know why. 
It is Sunday, April 11th, Monday, April 12th, for those of you across the pond and beyond. Welcome to We Are Paradox Media's Late Night in the Rockies. I'm so glad you guys could join us this evening. I'm your host, Tessa TNT, and if you're listening live right now, you're listening to us on Spreaker.com. Also, we are being simulcast on KPNL Radio, which you can find at kpnl-db.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Tumblr, YouTube, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Deezer, as well as Podcast Addict. So tonight I have a treat for all my guys and gals out there. Tonight we will be talking to and getting to know Mr. Nathaniel Gillis. Hopefully I'm saying that name correctly. Um... He is a religious demonologist and author. After living in a haunted house, Nathaniel spent 20 years researching what was what it was that he encountered. Nathaniel is the founder of Okay, this is this is hard right here. Preternate preternatural epiphenomenal philosophy. Nathaniel has sought to redefine the nature of haunting phenomena, ghosts and high strangeness, and he's often quoted for his concept of the demonic the reason they are playing by different rules is because they are playing a different game welcome nathaniel and thanks so much for coming in and hanging out with us tonight hey thanks for thanks for having me on i'm excited to be with you yeah yeah we're gonna have a good show i can tell already we got our crazy (laughs) hairs going our craziness Mm -hmm. gotta have the craziness you gotta you gotta have some fun you gotta make stir it up a little bit man I don't know. Definitely feeling a little bit of the COVID-19 crazies recently. I don't know Mm -hmm. how much more of this I can take. (laughs) I know, right? The world's gone mad. (laughs) Bat shit crazy. Oh, yeah. How is is it in your area? You're over there in Ohio. It's Um, it's not as bad as it was. Uh, We were on lockdown for quite uh, quite a few weeks, I think. And then uh, our governor, Mike DeWine... I don't know. He's, he's a good dude. I don't agree with a lot of his stuff, but uh, I think the way he's handling it, it's decent. But uh, as far as the cases, they're 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 going down, thankfully. Yeah, um, it seemed like it was going like that for everybody, but it seems I don't know if it's spring break or whatever. But the numbers have oh, yeah. started to increase again, so it's just like man. And then Texas did their whole, oh, we're all good. We're we're just gonna open everything up. Nobody has to wear masks on and so <laughs> forth. And <laughs> Yeah, like what? Yeah, this is I like think, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, gonna go back to the Spanish uh, influenza time, and yeah, they're gonna have to do it repeatedly. I don't know. I'm just. I don't get that. I don't get uh, that. It's like, you know, like who cares if we have a spike in COVID cases? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, right. <laughs> come on, man. Like it matters. <laughs> it does. It really does. It's scary. I don't know what to think. People scare me. I don't either. Oh, yeah. My generation scares me. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as, like, the paranormal and such goes, like, uh, this haunted house that you lived in, was this as a kid mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. later on in your years? Could you tell us a bit about that? Yes, yes. So um, one day my dad took me to an open house in Dayton, Ohio, East Dayton, Ohio, in fact, and uh, we were looking at purchasing it. So my dad took me by the hand. He says, you know what, son? He goes, look, he goes, uh, this is going to be your room if we buy the house. He says, you want to get yourself uh, accustomed to it, figure out where you're going to put your stuff and your gaming system. 
And uh, so I did, you know, I was looking in the closet and trying to figure out where my, uh, you know, power outlets were and stuff. And for some reason, I was drawn to the bed that was in the corner of the room. And I knelt down and I pulled the blanket up. And when I did, I was met face to face with my first uh, full bodied apparition. Oh, wow. And uh, yes, this is when I was eight years old, by the way. And uh, she was a beautiful, pale little girl. She had to be maybe about six. And uh, she had long black hair. She was wearing a white linen dress that was dated. I mean, it was had to have been made back in the day dur- during the turn of the century. But um, so when I when I met her eyes and stuff, we just met face to face. I cringed. I shrieked. I was like, oh, my God, I backed up real quick because, you know, you don't expect to see that. <laughs> yeah, you scream like a little girl like, and you're like, hey, where'd that come almost. from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That was hurt on me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That kind of thing, you know, and when I did, when I recoiled from shock, she shimmied her body all the way to the back of the wall to where she was the furthest from me. And that was when I put the put the blanket back down, walked out back in the kitchen and just <laughs> basically hugged my dad and stayed close to them until we left. But come to find out that there was no kids uh, in that house. The family that had uh, was selling the house that was an old elderly couple. They had died. And their children, who were adults, were selling the estate. So that was my very first experience with the paranormal. And wouldn't you know that when we moved in... So uh, you guys did end... move in there. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, yeah, we did. It's... Oh, my God. You know, I mean, like, like that, that entity itself evolved. It mutated into something far more malevolent. And, uh, you know, there, there were times when I would wake up at nighttime hearing a full-blown conversation going on above my head. And I couldn't understand them, but I knew it was there. Um, so, you know, we can get into some of the manifestations I, I witnessed in that home. That's my introduction into the field. So do you think that she first appeared as a child because, you know, she thought that might be or it thought that that might be the easiest thing for someone to accept an innocent little kid? Mm-hmm. And then, you, like you said, it mutated into something else. What exactly happened? Like, what did it do? Well, it okay, so after the initial encounter, we moved in, and there was a stench, a rancid stench in the room, and it smelled like death. So uh, that, that was the introduction, not, I mean, not even just the field. That wasn't my introduction to the field. That was my introduction to demonology. And uh, so, you know, there was one night I was playing a video game, and I looked outside of my window, and there was a seven-foot shadow figure that was just staring at me. Um, the, the next day it was a school day. So, uh, it was in the wintertime too. So the next day I go outside and there were footprints by my window. Um, I mean, there was just, just all kinds of phenomena that would happen in that house, but I had to, to deal with it my own way. And the only way I could, could get uh, used to that feeling was to tell myself that it was a language system that I wasn't familiar with. It wasn't just, you know, you know, maybe it wasn't wanting me to be afraid of it. Maybe I was afraid of it because I didn't know what it was. That was the only way I could cope with it. Um, but the older I got, you know, the more I wanted to understand it. And so uh, once I got older, I just I poured myself the, the literature, the literature, and uh, here I am. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. Man. Okay. So I've heard of demonologists, and when I was mm-hmm. reading your bio, religious demonologists like mm-hmm. uh, what is the difference 
Um, there shouldn't be a difference because demonology always includes religious takes on it. You know, there was religion that that uh, created the the concept of a demon. So, so a religious demonologist would mean that I am a researcher that that researches this phenomenon through the lens of what religions say it is and what their traditions are regarding it. And so, what I do is I, I look at all of the Abrahamic religions, uh, you know, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, and I, I combine compare and contrast their traditions, you know, sifting through them, looking for behavioral patterns and commonalities between them all, and uh, hopefully get a better understanding of this phenomenon, because uh, it's far deeper and far darker than a lot of us believe it is. So um, as far as demons go, do they commonly, you know, make themselves Mm -hmm. appear as kids to gain people's trust? Yeah, yeah, they can, absolutely, 100%. And that's just another way that they'll manipulate uh, an individual. And it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's just like the UFO abduction phenomenon in that the, they'll appear to us, not, not as what we would believe, but what we would prefer to believe they are. And so a lot of times if you have a case, like a, like a haunting case, uh, they will appear as a child to manipulate the researcher or manipulate the family into believing they're, you know, they're soft and cuddly. When truthfully, they're some of the most damning curses known to mankind. So, so what it's exactly are, are demons? Are they fallen angels or, or are they something that was created by Lucifer? Well, there are, there are different takes on this, uh, the nature of demonology and their origins. You know, like, like okay, so I, I grew up in Christianity and so I was always taught that demons were fallen angels or they were the offspring of fallen angels. And so, you know, I inherited that, that dogma from my, my Christian roots. But the more I got into this field, the more I realized that, that we're dealing with disincarnate consciousness. And so I, I agree with history in, in that what we're dealing with are individuals who were bad in life, and then when they died, they're bad in death. And so what we're really dealing with is a form of consciousness that exists out of the body but it's it's not it's like it's it's not anti uh, or it's not like it's not a new life. It's anti life. Like they hate us. They could they would kill us. That's that's what we're dealing with. So I believe they are formerly human beings. So you think they were human? Yes. Yes. Ooh. And I do and, agree and... with that. Like <laughs> as far as like what I've experienced in doing paranormal investigation, people don't mm-hmm. die and automatically become good. They are what they are and they will remain to be that right. way. I think there are, you know, ways that they can go up the chain or up the ladder or whatnot, but you're not going to die and automatically be a good person. Um, exactly. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And if we go back and do history and when we look at some of the names and the etymology of demons, you, you start to see that there's a common thread of truth. And that is that their victimology, who they plague, who they possess, who they haunt, is a manifestation of, of their life. Like, like one of them is Lamishtu. And uh, uh, who was her name? Janet Skurlock has a paper manuscript. It's very interesting. It's called uh, The Body Snatchers, Ooh. or Baby Snatchers, rather. And that's baby what, Snatchers? Uh, Lame- yes. Oh, my God. Yes. And uh, yeah, so so Elamishtu would go into homes at nighttime and steal babies from mothers. And the reason they said, this goes back to her life, the reason they said that uh, she victimized babies and mothers is because she was never able to have a baby herself. 
And so, so what I have to do is I have, I have to look at her victimology as a manifestation of her consciousness and her psychology. It's no different than somebody who was a, who's like a serial killer. And, you know, if they never had a good relationship with their mother, they would go out and victimize women. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, even like a lot I said, of serial killers are like that, like because oh, of yeah. their mother, they hate women. And so that's who they go out and kill. Mama of course. Issues. Yep. So it's a projection of consciousness that we're dealing with in their victimology. And so, you know, Lamish to Lilith, all of these different demons originated as consciousness. Uh, matter of fact, Lamish or uh, matter of fact, Lilith. Before Jewish mythology took Lilith and created a succubus out of her, Lil was originally an, an individual, a woman who would die. She had died, and then her body, consciousness, uh, her consciousness left her body, and it would manifest as an apparition. And they called those entities Lil spirits, disincarnate entities who would manifest as apparitions to their victims. And so it was from there that the Jewish folklore, the Jewish folklore, uh, basically took it for their own and said it's not just that she's a, a spirit that exists after life, but she's also a succubus that goes and appears to men, uh, grooms them into intercourse, and steals their semen. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, takes it as an incubus and tries to impregnate um, uh, women with it. So, Oh, my gosh. Right? We're going to get deep tonight. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to get way deep. Down and dirty. <laughs> So, that is you know, crazy. it's all consciousness. Yeah, yeah. So why do they do that? Why do they take, you know, the semen from a certain person and impregnate mm-hmm. another person? Do they have a plan? And do you think that when they do that, that this child could be born dark or soulless? Or what exactly is the um, plan there? I think it's all of the above. See, see, what they're doing is they're using our women and our men to self-replicate their species. And uh, so, so let's go back in history. We see that these entities have been with us for a long, long, long time, thousands of years. And uh, what they would do is they wouldn't, they, w- they wouldn't only go to living men and harvest uh, their semen. They would go to corpses that had recently died and do the same thing. Ew. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I can so live for a while down there in the the Bolshnackery. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the recently deceased. And uh, Sinistrari uh, speaks about it in his book on Incubi and Succubi. Montague Summers witnessed it one time where these entities would go and reanimate the body of a recently deceased man. And then what this is a very unique term that Sinistrari employs. He says they would milk their carcasses. And then they would take that and then go and manifest as an incubus to a woman. And then, and then during intercourse, they would implant that semen in her womb. And so what we're dealing here essentially is, is a, a mirroring um, aspect of this that looks exactly like the UFO abduction phenomenon, where they will appear to, uh, to a woman in, in order to implant it, the semen in her, but they'll also appear to a man in order to harvest it from them. So it's, it's a very unique uh, situation. So have you ever experienced a succubus or, uh, yeah, we'll start with that and then I'll go to the next question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I did. It was even, it was before I got in this field, but, um, 
I was in bed sleeping. It was about two or three o'clock in the morning next to my fiance, my ex fiance. And, uh, man, I was in a dream and I'm dreaming and everything. And then there was this presence that I could feel in the dream. And for those who are in the field and have had paranormal experiences or nightmares that, you know, it's not just what you ate. It wasn't Taco Bell. It was an attack. You know what I mean when there's a feeling there. It's like a secondary presence. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the dream, there was a, uh, a black, like it's a black figure, like a, a female shadow figure. She had no facial, like no facial features. It was almost like someone uh, was standing in the darkness, and the only thing you, you could see of them is that they're there. <laughs> you couldn't really identify. Yeah, they're darker identify. than the dark. Exactly right. And she was uh, straddling me. I was as I was laying. I was laying on my back. She was straddling me in the dream. And when I woke up, I woke up because I thought, you know, if I can get myself awake, the attack's over. But when I opened my eyes, she was on top of me in real life. And for a fleeting moment, I thought it was my fiance. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Right? Like, I, I didn't know what was going on. And so I look over and my fiance, I, when my eyes adjusted, I realized, okay, she's asleep. And then I looked back in front of me and, and the, uh, the entity had, had left. But that was a very terrifying encounter. Um, you know, these, these succubi spirits can be uh, equally as traumatizing as the incubus. But, but to answer your question, yes, I have experienced that entity in my own in my own life. So when you did wake up from your dream, were you frozen? Could you move or were you frozen? Um, I could move. I could move. But that entity was like staring me right in the face. That's what was creepy. I mean, it was it was very, very, very unnerving. It took me a while to get back to sleep. And, and then yesterday, me and my or the night before, or well, I'm sorry, the next day, rather, the next morning at breakfast, I was talking to my uh, fiance about it. And I'm like, did you did you have a bad dream? Did you feel anything? She's like, no, not at all. I'm like, well, dang it. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> She's like, that was so messed up. I don't know. Oh, it was I... intense. Okay, so the next question that goes along with that, sleep paralysis. And a lot of people mm-hmm. say that this is an actual thing that happens to people. Your mm-hmm. your mind will wake up before your body does, and that's what that mm-hmm. is. But mm-hmm. I've only experienced that twice. Once was when I was in... Um, in the broken Marine platoon. Uh, mm-hmm. and I decided to take a nap. I generally don't, but I was really tired. And this was after my very first experience with the Ouija board too, but I'm taking a nap on this rack by, by the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And when I wake up, I couldn't move. And I tried so hard, move, try to move every muscle in my body just to get up and go line up for chow, but I couldn't. Um, mm-hmm. I was sore for at least two weeks from how hard I struggled. The second time that happened to me uh, Mm -hmm. was during the day again, but it was in a band house in Farmington, New Mexico. And Mm -hmm. um, we fooled around and we laid down to take a nap. And as I'm starting to drift to sleep, there's no windows in this room. All I can see is the light coming from under the door. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. there was that person Mm -hmm that was darker than the dark and he didn't speak to me physically. Like he spoke to me through my mind and he, he said that he would have me. And I was like, Oh hell no, you won't. And he laughed. And when he did, I could see his teeth. They were basically glowing in the dark and you could see the saliva dripping off of them. He laughed oh and then God. he reached down 
and kissed me. And when he did, there was like a pulse of electricity that went through my canines all the way down mm-hmm. to my feet. And at that point, I could kick my feet. So I'm frantically mm-hmm. kicking my feet. I can't move anything else. I can't scream. And my mm-hmm. husband wakes up and he saw this entity standing next to me and he grabbed me and pulled me towards him and it disappeared. So I think mm. um, at that point, that was an incubus trying to do something to me. And I was Absolutely. so freaked out by it. Like the next day when I'm going driving to work back to Durango, Colorado, I'm mm-hmm. looking in my rearview mirror and in my back seat thinking this thing is going to follow me. But I never saw him again. But it was hmm. so freaky. It oh, really yeah. freaked me out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Encounters with an entity of that nature, they're traumatic. I mean, they are traumatic. I've, uh, I've had several women in the last year listen to my shows and have come forward and saying, you know what, Nathaniel? Um, you know, they had been been visited by these incubi spirits, and uh, they said that but w- once they got a hysterectomy, the entity would never visit them again. Like one one individual specifically told me that she had a hysterectomy since the last time it tried to accost her, and the entity was trying to groom her into intercourse. But once it realized that she didn't have a womb anymore, it, it began to verbally abuse her. And so, so that leads me to believe something that is I, – I, the data sample doesn't lie. Uh, we have entities that are not doing this for their own pleasure. They're doing this to impregnate and to populate their species, to, to, to self-replicate their existences. And so this is not just about pleasure. It's about pregnancy. Yes, their job. Yeah. Crazy. Which is very, very, very intense. I've also so when had, they... Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I had a lady in India who said that the entity had manifested itself uh, in the image of all of her former lovers looking for a way of weakness, so a, a point of uh, weakness in her to where she would consent or, you know, you know, give up and say, okay, you know, we can you know, have intercourse. But, but again, it's not about um, pleasure. It's about pregnancy. So, um, there's a guest in our uh, chat room, Jason Carey. What's up, Jason? Um, 
What's up? He said, ask you about your EVP and profile points of demons. (laughs) Oh, man. So I did a show last night with uh, Dark Horse Paranormal. And I love them to death. They're in Rhode Island. And um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really close to them. And every time we do a show, I'm not lying, we did a two-hour show one time, and it never even recorded. Oh, my so, goodness. Uh, yeah, right? This is my third try. They're great people. But, it, you know, what happens is they're – Paratechnical issues. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They, they, these entities do not like what I'm saying. They don't like my research. I'm getting too too close to them. And they try to shut it down as much as they can. So yesterday, as we're doing the show – a live show there is evps going in and out one of them said f you mother effer and at the very end it called us all mother effers and it it was it was one of the best evps i've heard (laughs) and that's what jason's talking about i mean it's it's crazy stuff wow because you're giving out this information you're educating people and people you know i think a certain amount of us do know about this. We have witnessed it, experienced it or read stories Mm -hmm. or heard stories about it. But Oh my gosh, this shit is real. This stuff is really happening. So when, when they do replicate, is this what we know as reptilians or, you know, uh, Mm I don't know. Our fallen angel or angel human Mm -hmm. species. Um, what would demonic human species be? Yeah, demonic human species would be uh, people that are formerly human that are trying to recreate bodies for themselves. Oh, uh, I yeah. see. This gets really, really interesting. Like if we go to Genesis chapter 6, and I'm not going to talk about theology uh, much because we've got a lot to cover. Um, but in Genesis chapter 6, uh, the Bible describes a species of formerly human beings that are using humans, like living people. Mm-hmm. To, to re-embody themselves. And it says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and that they were fair and went in unto them and made unto them wives and they birthed a race of giants. But what's really intriguing to me is that it wasn't just the fact that they were creating children with these women. Uh, it was just the fact that uh, they were waiting until the husbands that belonged to these women, they were gone, and then they would manifest as the husbands to the women. Oh, wow. It's, you know, they're incubines, so they would, you know, they would have intercourse. They would use someone else's semen, possibly even the husband's. You know, we never know. But they would use an, um, another man's semen to impregnate her. But during the process, they would also perform what's called an obstetric ritual, and that would be something we see often in the UFO abduction phenomenon. What they did is that at the moment of conception, I'll keep it. I say I always say I'll keep it PG. But you guys get what I'm put, putting down, right? Yeah, uh, and this is an adult show, so feel free to you know okay, speak okay. freely. The, okay, at the moment of orgasm, they stare directly into the eyes of these females. And uh, what they, they, they stared in the eyes, and the reason they did that is because they believed that whatever the woman was focused on, like whatever man she was focused on at the moment of orgasm, she would birth the material of, the material image of, rather, of that man in her womb as a child. And so they believed that, they, that what they were doing in that process of intercourse was creating a child that looked like their apparition. Now, a key point has to be made because if that's what they were doing, they still looked like they still manifested at the moment as the husbands. So mm-hmm. then you would have a child that looked like their husbands, but that's not yeah. what they wanted. So at that moment of conception, the moment of orgasm, they stared in their eyes 
and reverse their apparitions to what they truly looked like. So what are we looking at here? We're looking at apparitions that are creating bodies that look like them. That's interesting. It really is. And especially like, okay, so when we see these things, like you said, they're dark, uh, they're basically no sort of features or anything going on. So how exactly do you, I don't know, what do they look like? Can they not manifest what they look like before? Are they intentionally not showing their features? I, yeah, I, I think that's exactly what's going on. I don't think um, that, that there were shadow figures that created, you know, bodies that look like shadows. I don't believe that at all. Um, what I, but, but one text does say something very um, worthy of mentioning. It says that from the darkness they begot children that, that looked like their own image. And then it says they made copies of bodies. And this is the UFO abduction phenomenon. And we're going to dive headfirst to that here shortly. But uh, we have to first lay down the foundation that these are entities that are spiritual in nature. They're wind-like. And after death, they have turned into a kind of liminal being that has the qualities of a god and a mortal. Uh, there's a ritual called the Altrahasis ritual. And it says a god and a man shall be mixed together in the ghost. And so we're dealing with entities that are hyper-developed, incredibly evolved, disembodied, and they do possess that wind-like nature that we often see in hauntings, even feel in hauntings for that matter. <laughs> well, and like you were saying, like even when you were in that dream state and this this succubus was presenting mm-hmm. itself and, and straddling you and, and trying mm-hmm. to take advantage Even before you were awake, you felt the presence. And for me, like in that dream state, it's so amazing to me that it did show up as a shadow figure instead Mm -hmm. of something that you would know, like your fiance or something like that. That's what's yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's very unique situation. I mean, I mean, uh, when she was on top of me in the dream, it was it was strange because it was like she was uniting both realities, right? The both the dream state and this reality. The same thing was happening in both dimensions. And so, you know, most importantly, guys, uh, we're dealing with entities that can interpret or not even interpret, but um, invade our dreams. They can induce a dream state, which is what they've always done. And uh, we're going to get into it tonight. And I'm going to reveal to all of the listeners why it is that they induce dream states and what they get out of the process. Yeah, and to me, the dream state is, it can be another realm. Um, When my mom passed away, when I was five, almost six, she came Mm -hmm. to me in a dream state. I think it's another realm where the living and dead can come together and communicate or certain things like you're talking about with the Mm -hmm. incubus or succubus can happen. Um, But I think maybe because it is this certain realm, certain things aren't allowed. Like, Like you said, this being could not show itself as it wanted to. It showed itself as a shadow. I don't know. It's just, for me, kind of mind-boggling why why it couldn't take the state that it would need to take advantage of you. Like, had it been your fiancé, you could have had a, like, totally epic, like, wet dream going on. But (laughs) it appeared as, like, a shadow person, a shadow being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it may may have been a, a, yet there is rules that some of them follow. Um, even the uh, incubi follow certain rules and they have a different morality. There was uh, one case in the 16th century 
uh, where the entity had manifest and had intercourse with the woman on her wedding night immediately like immediately after she had lost her virginity to her husband and uh we're gonna get into this it's gonna get way dark i mean dark because it's a lot of people that haven't read this literature yet and it's going to be alarming for many i promise mm -hmm. you that but uh what ended up happening was that incubus spirit did not only have intercourse with that woman it actually possessed her the next day oh, wow. and yeah so again we're not just dealing with pleasure. It's about pregnancy. And now we're moving into possession. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this is in the, the Jewish Kabbalistic text. And they had one exorcist who was interrogating the entity. And the entity said, I was not allowed to touch her until she had intercourse. Oh, I was until she was unpure. Like she was pure before. Yeah. And then he, yes. he could after she lost her virginity. Yeah, and that's that's. But there are other entities that don't care. Like they don't care. You know, it's it's a very weird idea. I mean, you know, it's like a, they have their own morality, but they also have their own divisions of morality. Like there are some people who follow rules, uh, and and others don't. But here's the most concerning factor: even those who follow rules are invading our reality. Mm -hmm. That's that's a problem to me. <laughs> that is problematic. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I'm following rules. It's like, well, man, you just trying to knock up my wife. What are you trying to do here, you know? What the crap? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So yeah. as far as the succubus went, do you feel like this caused issues with you and your ex-fiance? Um, no. Were there things that arose from that that caused issues or it was totally something different? Because I know no. entities do cause turmoil in certain people's lives. Oh, wait. Later on, she turned into a succubus herself. I think that's what really <laughs> messed things up. So, right? You're I like, think it was a trade-off of some sort. Back spawn of Satan. <laughs> that's awful. Oh God, I'm gonna get canceled now. I'm joking, but <laughs> oh, we're, my we're not saying names, so we're all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, call me Fraser and call her Lilith. I guess. Yes, um, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so, so the nature of possession needs to be redefined for what it is and not for what Christianity and other religions want us, want us to believe it is. And so uh, the nature of possession is not just um, about pleasure. It's not just about the entity performing intercourse and all that stuff. But a possession to us is pregnancy to them. Oh. It's one of the ways they um, uh, self-replicate their species. And so if you go through the historical nature of the incubi and succubi spirits, you'll find that, that throughout all of history, your incubus 
Your incubus would, would invade a home at nighttime, it would manifest as a former lover or a husband, or you know, if there's a particular type of individual the woman w- would want to be intimate with, that's how it would manifest, and then it would groom her into intercourse, and then it would introduce seed. And so, but it wasn't until the 16th century that we find a, an evolution, a mutation in their behavior. It went, it went from uh, intercourse to pregnancy, and now it's possession. And now these entities are interested in intercourse with the purpose of possessing their female victims. And this is going to get interesting as well. It wasn't just possession. Like I said before, it's also pregnancy. Now we have in the 16th century cases where women would be interrupted at nighttime. They would have intercourse with this demon. The demon would possess them. And then they would become pregnant with the demon they were possessed by. Oh, my. So so then, yeah, they, they have many cases where they would go to the exorcist. And the exorcist would see their bodies, their stomachs. And the entity would be laying in their body in the fetal position. And, and again, that's, that's why I, I want to stress the point before we move on to other topics. But pregnancy and possession are linked. That's how they self-replicate. Been, has there ever been an exorcism of a pregnant woman, like the baby in her stomach? Has that um, ever happened? No. No, it has not. Very good question. It hasn't. Okay. That's interesting. It has to um, come yes. through the veil, which it has to be born. It has to come through the veil in order for that to happen. I do believe that 100%. So okay. like, okay, go, going back to Genesis six and um, the way they were intimate with the women and everything, uh, their, their, their purpose, their intent was not just to create offspring in the womb, right? Cause you, you have an apparition that's creating a child that looks like the apparition. Mm-hmm. And so what we have is a dead person that's saying, okay, I want to have a body again, but I don't want to just possess any old person. Right. Mm-hmm. I want it to look like me. And so what they would then do is step into the baby itself. And so I have a part in my book where I talk about how the ghost grows as the child matures. It's growing in the boy or in the individual. And, and wow. that's what our ancients called them. They were refining. They weren't just giants. Refining. They were. Yeah, they were deceased ancestors. They were they were dead people. Wow. It's intense, ain't it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, mind blown. End of show. Oh, yeah. Good night, everyone. Thank show. you for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. That's all we have for tonight. I don't want to make my sponsors. Uh, right. Hey, thank you again, Nathaniel, for being on the show. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you, start the, you start the show out like, Nathaniel is a religious demonologist. And all right, that's all we have. See you guys later. <laughs> Glad you listened to me. What the heck? You know, it is a mind-blowing phenomenon. And... Um, I think it's high time that many people dig deeper into this literature. Once we do, it's, it's, it's equally as dark, but it's fascinating as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where you want to go with this, you know, as far as right now, but I wanted to make that point. If possession to us is pregnancy to them, and that's one of the ways that they self-replicate their species. So um, I've heard of possession. I've actually had a couple of experiences with that. But is there a difference between possession and walk-in? Not Christopher um, Walken, but like a Walken oh. of a spirit. Um, no, because when a Walken comes in, there is going to be possession. Mm-hmm. Now, now the separate there, there are two distinctions that need to be made. Like Malachi Martin um, calls there's there's what's called uh, perfect possession, and that's where the entity will possess that individual for most of their lives, and you don't even oh, know man. they're possessed. 
And so Malachi Martin, the great Catholic exorcist, said that you won't even know they're possessed by the entity until they go out and murder somebody or, you know, they do something like wild and crazy. And then you realize, like, oh, my God, you know, that that man was a deacon or that was a minister or he was a doctor. And and how could he have done that? Because he was perfectly possessed. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's it's really interesting. But, um, yeah, so there is an aspect of possession in both cases. And you hear about um, people that murder their whole families or people that go out and start murdering people. The voices mm-hmm. are talking to them. These things are happening. But people, you know, actually do this in a state of possession. And then the yes. the government or whatever is like, yeah, yeah, you're just trying to use that as an excuse. There's no proof that that happened. When, in fact, this person would have never done that. It was a spirit that went into them, possessed them, and possessed them to do that. Um, right. Man, there's got to be a change in our laws because this shit does happen. Um, oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. I've had a couple walk-ins. The worst one was right after I did a cleansing of a house right up the road from me. And it was in the backyard of a Catholic church. And when I pulled up, um, I'm by myself. I didn't sense anything. Generally when I pull up to a place, I will fill it. I'll fill what's going on in there. This mm-hmm. thing was hiding hardcore and showed her how to cleanse, showed her how to use her cleansing kit and everything left, went home that night mm-hmm. when I, I undressed, got into my pajamas right after that happened. I had a walk-in. I want to say mm-hmm. walk-in because it came in, it possessed me and then it was gone and never came back again. But, um, my husband said, not only did my voice change, but my facial features changed and the things I was mm-hmm. saying was not me. And I came to, like, the thing finally left me as I'm driving down the road towards the reservation here in Ignacio. I have Mm -hmm. no clothes on. Um, I'm hoping I don't fucking get pulled over because how do you explain driving around with no clothes on? Mm -hmm. It was so insane. Um, Yeah, I broke broke my (laughs) Tide Pods. They're delicious. (laughs) That that got snuck in there really nice. You're like, what? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Tide Pods. But it was so weird. Like, I even broke my $3,000 camera. Like, things that I would not ever do. Things I would not ever say. But he said, like, my voice changed. My facial features changed. So, he just took himself and the kids into the bedroom, locked the door, and let everything proceed. When I got back, I just laid down, put my jammies back back on, laid down, watched TV, and and went to bed. And Mm -hmm. the next day, instead of being pissed off or whatever, he was genuinely genuinely concerned are you okay do mm-hmm. you feel okay like and he told me what happened and I, my mind was blown that was insane so i've never gone on an investigation or cleansing by myself again since then even though i do it's have good. yeah i do have confidence in myself but working in numbers i think is better than working alone but that was scary yeah. like could you imagine had oh something God, happened yeah. to one of my kids or something like that was not me that was something someone else and they yeah, were pissed off because not... I'm trying to, t- it was a pregnant mother I was helping. Oh my God. <laughs> Makes You're going to find all this stuff connects, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, an incredible, incredible complex issue. Um, I will say this though, when you're getting back into, um, what was it? Just, just dealing with cleansings and whatnot. It, it goes back into what a dead person is and, and what's called corpse pollution. And uh, because we're going to get back into what possession is in terms of what you encountered. And I'm going to talk about Jerry Marzinski in a second. But uh, corpse pollution is someone who comes in contact with consciousness that's deceased. And it's not good consciousness, right? It's Mm -hmm. not like Dear Aunt Edna. It's a malevolent entity that they would call demons in the Bible. Um, And so that's what possession was. 
throughout history. It was a matter of fact, the, the exorcistic ritual is found in the book of Numbers, chapter 19 and 11. And it's designed to cleanse an individual from corpse pollution. This gets incredible. And so that's what I'm saying in terms of like, like we're not dealing with horns and hooves. Why? Because the exorcistic rite itself wasn't meant to cleanse us from horns and hooves. It was meant to cleanse us of invading consciousness, just like you had, right? When you had that, that walk-in that was invading you. And um, so, so moving on to Marzinski, Jerry Marzinski is a clinical psychologist. He works with a lot of people that have, uh, you know, drug abuse issues and, and just uh, different mental health issues. But he, uh, he, he came in contact with an, an individual who had a uh, full-time job. He had a, a happy marriage, a beautiful family, great house, great career, um, but he got addicted to cocaine. And when he got addicted to cocaine, these uh. entities began to invade him. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, right? It's a hell of a drug. Tiger blood, yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. It's, but he, uh, you know, he would do cocaine, and he said that um, when he started doing that ha- ha- habit, he had these entities that would invade his mind, mm-hmm. invade his consciousness, and they would speak to him. And so he would go in and out of rehab, and, and Jerry Marzinski would work with him off and on. And uh, so finally, like, he got real clean. Everything was fine. Marzinski didn't see him for months at a time. And then one day, he gets back in to work, and there this guy is. And he said, you know, he's like, I want to sit down with you, and I want to ask you, like, what the heck happened? He said, because you were doing really good. You got your old job back. You know, you, you resolved your marriage, your family, and kids are talking to you again. He said, what the heck happened? He said, it's the strangest thing, Doc. He said, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That I was fine. Everything was going good. He said, I went to bed one night. And he said, one of those voices came to me and said, get in your car. And he said, I got in my car. He said, I'm in my PJs and everything. I'm just driving. And he said, okay. The sentence, he said, go to the red light, turn right. He said, so I go to the red light and turn right. He said, this thing was giving him directions for 20, 25 minutes. Jeez. And finally, he said, the next thing I know, I pull into a cornfield. He said, I get out of my car and I walk into the cornfield. It's nighttime. And the spirit, the entity, whatever you want to call it. This is going to blow your mind. It says, okay, now kneel down and pick up that duffel bag. And he knelt down and picked up a duffel bag and opened it up. It was full of cocaine. Holy shit, hearts. So, yeah, these entities are highly evolved, highly intelligent, and have the pathology, the psychopathology of a serial killer. 
And so, so I wanted I think, him to uh, continue to the drug what abuse. The of possession is and... Yeah, I wanted him to continue the right. drug abuse and the drug use so it could take him over. The more you do that, the more sleep yes. you lose, all these things like not eating, not taking care of yourself. You know, depression kicks in. You don't notice it because you're high on cocaine. Mm-hmm. Um, but they love that and they like to take advantage of that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Right. And it's like, hey, guess what? Here's your next fix. This will last you at least, you know, a year if you're not that hardcore of a user. But holy crap. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. That's crazy. Whole fucking double bag yep. of Coke. So, <laughs> like, so yeah, you know, it, to, to encourage the addiction, to keep him keep him hooked, not just to the addiction, but hooked to the voices. And and uh, one day, Marzinski had another conversation with this guy, and Marzinski said, you know, he said, "Are they talking about me at all?" And the man said, "Absolutely." He said, uh, "They're telling me to go get a knife and to kill you." And he says, well, can I talk to them directly through you? He goes, I'm going to see if, they, if they're willing. And so finally, uh, full possession came out to where he wasn't just listening to the voices. He was speaking on their behalf. And so he, he's first, first, their first question of Marzinski was, who are you to interfere with our form of life? <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, this possession stuff is, uh, it's, it's a truly fascinating subject. Yeah. You can't make this shit up really. I don't know. I feel bad for people that do these things in part due to the demon Mm -hmm. or or unclean spirit or whatever you want to call it. That's taking Mm -hmm. advantage of them. Like, man. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be drugs, just lack of sleep. And guess what? COVID-19, everybody's sleep schedule is mad whack. Mad whack. Oh, yeah. Mine was the other night. I couldn't sleep at all. I mean, at all. It was awful. It's miserable. You know, if you go out, like, there was one time uh, where I was going through a, a, like, a sleep insomnia thing where I didn't sleep for like two or three days. Holy and it was the shnikes. worst time of my life. Yeah, I had to go get medicine to, like, help me sleep, you know. Buy some NyQuil. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Benadryl something. <laughs> something, man. Um, mm. I'll tell you what. There's there's also another aspect of this that's uh, it's even more interesting if that can be possible and that is how a lot of serial killers are possessed by entities um and we know that because like even the btk killer mm-hmm. uh, is i know a buddy of mine that uh, was on his show and he basically told this guy he was con- you know talking to him he said listen he said every person i killed was for a demon wow um like jeffrey Dahmer's favorite movie was the exorcist the only living victim he has the man uh, he said that uh, Dahmer tried to poison him, tried to drug him. He said it didn't work. He was a beer guy, not a liquor guy. Mm-hmm. And he said, so he went to the bathroom to take a leak, and he came out. And when he came out of the bathroom, he turned to see Dahmer watching the exorcist swaying back and forth and chanting in an unknown language. It's possession. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of people in religion will talk about the gift of tongues. And I went to this church once where, I don't know, the way that I describe it to my friends is people are saying, they're saying taco, burrito, nacho, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're saying things that don't even make sense. It's just, like, gibberish. And, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of them, I think, are doing it to get attention. Because for mm-hmm. me, the gift of tongues is being able to speak a language when you're in a land where you don't understand or know the language, but all of a sudden you're able to communicate with somebody there. Uh mm-hmm through their language, their dialect that you, you have no clue about, but all of a sudden you're able to speak it. And when these people mm-hmm. do that for me, like 
I was just so turned off by that. Oh, uh, I grew I'm up like, that's that. Yeah, that's not cool at all. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in that in that religion. I knew a lot of people that would just do it and like repeat the same thing. Ugh. Like, what does that does that mean? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that spirit has a stutter or something. I don't know. You know, it doesn't yeah, make any sense at all. Like, are dark entities attracted to that? People that are trying to say that they're religious and speaking tongues, um, but in reality they're not, or do yeah, they not really I, care? I, um. Oh, I believe they are absolutely. I mean, I, I encountered it, and because I, I grew up in that, like I said, I mean, I really grew up in it from age zero to age 18. <laughs> so I'm very familiar with it. And there are real giftings. There's real tongues that I've experienced, but there are mm-hmm. other people that just say whatever they want. Like just to sound like they got something. I always laughed at them because I thought, man, that's ridiculous. That's it ridiculous. is. Taco nacho, blah, 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 blah. Like, uh, seriously? No, that is not the we had... tongues. You're ridiculous. No. I'm never coming back here again. I'm done. Ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. They're ridiculous. ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. We had, you know, we, we did have some really interesting people. I mean, just incredibly powerful people that I I uh, encountered. Like there was one guy from uh, what was it, Africa named Jonathan Suber. That mm-hmm. dude was a freaking monster, man. Those I mean, guys oh are amazing. God. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. He uh he was telling a story one time because we're talking about possession, and I'm gonna tie, tie it together here in a second. But yeah, he's like you know he said he was from Africa. Um, he was a uh, missionary's kid, and so he got his lessons in spiritual warfare straight from the Africans, which was like, you know, there's warfare over there. I mean, like, holy it's crap. It's hardcore, hardcore, yeah. So when he got to the States, you know, we had a bunch of preachers and, and churches that thought they knew what spiritual warfare was. They didn't. And there was one time he went to, uh, I think it was at my old church they used to go to. Um, but anyways, he walked by a lady. And when he did, the spirit that was in her activated. Oh and goodness. because he's from Africa, right, he speaks French. I mean, he speaks English too, but his common language in Africa was French. And so uh, the entity in French, in an American woman, looked at him in French and said, hello, Jonathan, do you remember me? And so then he, he he prays for her and he speaks in French directly to her and, and, and then like basically saying, I do remember when I cast you out. I mean, you know, this stuff is real and a lot of people don't realize how, how um, oh my God, how great of, of a threat this is. It really is. And, and like you said, people have no realization about it that this stuff is really happening. Even our government, <laughs> even our judicial system. No idea. You're right. It's just so it's so taboo. It's so dark and sinister. Uh, there's a lot of people that would prefer it not exist. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they say, OK, if I ignore it long enough, it'll just disappear. And sadly, it won't. You know, you can't uh, you can't ignore your way out of a haunting. You can't ignore your way out of a possession case. Um, but, you know, again, guys, uh, it's not just possession to them. It's pregnancy. It's a way that they exist in our world. And let's get back into the psychology of the soul. I mean, if we're if we're going to look at demonology in terms of it being disincarnate consciousness, then that opens up the door for what's called what I call disincarnate psychology. Why Mm. are they doing these things? You know what I mean? Like like in the 16th century, we have possession cases. It's called the Dybbuk or in the Hebrew, it's the Dibuk. Yeah, um, Dibbuk yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. And so this was the D-Book phenomenon itself was all about incubus experiences, all about demonic pregnancies and all about possession. 
But there were entities that would possess people and would literally solve their own murders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, okay, you know, there was one case they said, okay, uh, you know, I was murdered by this gentleman a year ago or something, and he stabbed me. It's his address, his name, the murder weapons in his house, and then the, the authorities, along with the exorcists, would go to the house and the man who actually murdered him would be like, Oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. I was on my way to confess because that entity, that ghost had been haunting me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> so people but, that, um, okay. I want to ask this question, but mm-hmm. we do have to go uh, here shortly to our, our next musical break. Is there anything that okay. you want to say uh, to finish off with this portion of the show? Um, no, not really. It's just, just that uh, we're going to get into what pregnancy is to them in the next uh, next segment. And then the, the last segment, we're probably going to go into how all of this mirrors the UFO abduction phenomenon. Very nice. Well, on this break, we have Gravity from Krakow, Poland with Throw You Away. We also have Prime Example, which Roy Washington is a member of this group. He is our musical host. He donates all of our music to us. So instead of listening to MF and commercials, we can listen to some music and it's Dancing Machine. I love the song. Uh, then Gravity again with Take a Walk in My Shoes and then Fred Johnson the Toyed with Sugar. You guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this musical break.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whispers through my mind when I think about Welcome back, and thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight on We Are Paradox Media's Late Night in the Rockies. Oh my god, guys. We have Nathaniel Gillis on, and dude, he's blown my mind several times so far. I'm surprised my head is still, you know, on my neck, because, oh my god, this guy. I swear to God. <laughs> so interesting, all this stuff you're talking about, and you're like, wait till I whip this out. 
What are you about, about to whip out upon us? Whip it good. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Whip it good. <laughs> that was a cool song. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I remember it now because I felt like an idiot when I didn't. So. Yeah, you're like, Devo, whip it. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. So, yes, Ohio made April 1st Devo Day. Devo Day. So, whip it good. And have a good, awesome. good little, you know, April Fool's joke. I, I haven't mm-hmm. been able to do it because my husband's brother was murdered by a drunk practitioner doing brain surgery on him on April 1st. So April Fool's oh Day God. is not a fun day for us. We can't even enjoy it. You know, that's awful. I'm so yeah, sorry. Me too. Should be fun, but yeah, I'm going to respect the day. Respect the date. Yeah. It kind of changed everything for you. Yeah, yeah. it did. It really did. Hmm. What are you going to whip out? I'm sorry? You said you were going to go into... Oh, yes. Okay, so um, what I'm going to do here, guys, is I'm going to give some descriptions of what possession is and how that they these entities have their own language system. And so, so most of the time when you are in a house and you encounter what you smell like, it's sulfur, like it smells like decomposition. Most of the time, that entity is trying to access your body in the form of possession. Oh my! So throughout history, that's how they would possess people. Because they are a wind-like spirit, which is what Lilith was, you can actually go into a haunted house, and when you're experiencing that scent, that stench, what you're smelling is consciousness. And so when I go back in the time, like in my, my experiences, that's what I encountered in my house when I was a young kid. You know, I went in there. I smelled rotting, decomposing organic matter. That was that yeah. entity. I've never heard. I've never smelled. I almost said I never heard. I never smelled that. The I heard people talking about decomposition, the smell mm-hmm. of rotting flesh or meat or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've never oh, experienced yeah. that, but I have smelled sulfur before, but not the, yeah, the whole decomp thing that would, mm-hmm. I would have to walk the other way. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's prevalent in some of your most violent hauntings. Um, in addition to that, it's not, okay. It's not just consciousness you're, you're smelling, but you're also smelling the curse that's on them. Like in Psalms chapter 11 and six, it says that he will rain down upon the wicked blazing coals and sulfur. And so when we're encountering these entities, it's not just that, okay, they're wind-like spirits and that we can smell conscious, but they have a curse on them. And uh, I think that a lot of people need to realize that because, you know, uh, you can have people that will go in and do a cleansing and not realize that there's an entity that's a possessing entity and it's doing its best to inhabit their body. But um, so let's get into some of these different uh, qualities of possession. Now, number one. Real authentic possession will incorporate a voice that is not the individual's voice. It will use, like one rabbi said, that they use us like wind-like instruments. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a, a real demonic possession case, that entity is using the, the body of the demoniac as a way to enhance its own existence and more than that, enhance its voice. And so that's why when you go into like the Ansel Poltergeist, you have the 12 year old girl who, who said that literally like they put water in her mouth, filled it with like with uh, like like different foods and different different liquids. And, and the voice would still come out of her. 
felt when so she bad wasn't for even her. speaking. Oh she, yeah, that was yeah. She didn't live through that shit, man. I felt so bad for that girl. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So so the voice was separate from the 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 demoniac. It's separate. But they that, use that voices would... you recognize, right? So you'll go towards oh, you, it. You'll trust it. Yeah, yeah. They can. They can, and they have. Like like. Uh, getting back to like uh, how, how they would manifest in terms of the voice. Like um, I had a case where it was a murder case and mm-hmm. um, the individual that had murdered a woman in the house, when she entered the house, the individual was possessed. And when I was talking to the family, they said that as she was stabbing everybody, there was a male guttural voice coming out of her. Oh my it's gosh. very, very unique. So, you know, it's not, again, it's not just the voice. It gets even deeper. There is a whispering, chattering, buzzing language that these entities communicate in. Uh, that's, that's why the Hebrew word for spells, it means whisper. Hmm. And I do believe that when I was a young person in my house, that what I was hearing was whispering above me. I couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah, you can hear the conversation, but you can't make out what they're saying. You can hear a male, you can hear a female, you can hear whatever, but you can't make out what they're saying. No matter how closely you listen or how you turn your head. Oh, the hellhounds. The hellhounds are upon us. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a serious, not mine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you're, you're, You're right. And, and, the phenomenon itself is stressful on the demoniac. I mean, obviously it's traumatic when you have the, your consciousness being invaded by someone else. Um, but this, this whispering language, it's a buzzing, a chattering sound uh, that, that they use to communicate to each other. And so what that tells us as researchers is it's not just English uh, or, or known languages to us that they articulate. You know, they can speak uh, like, like Latin or Hebrew or Greek. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they don't already have a language unknown to us. You know, we've, we've heard it before, but we don't necessarily know what it means. And so, so when you go back into biblical antiquity, the Nephilim, they also had the same language. In fact, the Ammonites called them Zamzumim because Zamzumim is a buzzing word. Zamzu, it was a reference to the language they communicate to each other in incredible (laughs) it really is and i don't know i i just you know um i find peace in watching paranormal shit on youtube i go to sleep Mm -hmm. to scary stories like that's where i find my peace because that's my happy place um Mm -hmm. but oh my gosh they were communicating with zozo and they were asking him if that was his real name. And it wasn't his real name. It was a name that somebody had given him, like a human being. And he mm-hmm. said his real name, and it started with an N, I believe, or it was an S. I think it was an N. Better not, but... better not be Nathaniel. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. I promise. <laughs> oh, crap. That's all over. you, baby. That's all you. Um, no. <laughs> uh, but... I was just like, that amazed me. Like he goes by that name because that's the, the name that humans have given him a long mm-hmm. time back. And that's what he goes by. And generally you'll see it mm-hmm. repeat itself. Z O S O Z O S O or whatever, or is it Z O Z O? Um, I actually went to a Zozo concert, which was a Led Zeppelin replicated <laughs> band. And I got mm-hmm. some really insane pictures that night of this orb that was just insane it really blew my mind Mm -hmm. um 
But it was interesting to me that they were taking a name of a demon, even though that's not his real name. And he did share what his name was. I'll have to look it up. Uh, this guy was from the UK and he's really good. He mm-hmm. cracks me up because uh, I love humor with paranormal. I think it, it mm-hmm. activates good things. Um, right. But yeah, just to know that he had a different name and this is most likely in the Bible. It might be. It might be. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details i mean pozozo itself as irving fecal said uh, he's a great Egyptologist, uh, that Pazozo was in, in, intended to be a demon that would fight off other demons. And yeah, like it was uh, in Mesopotamia, they would actually create an image. They would have the artificer of metal, a blacksmith, create an image. And then they said that when the image was created, they would place the image on the earth, on the ground. And that, and that entity, Pazozo, would crawl out of it. Holy smokes. That's creepy. So, you know, it, it's not just um, what their name is. It's what they go by. Like, it's what people have called them. And so, again, we can have entities that are human, but we can call them these fancy names and they'll answer to it because that's what, you know, that's how they communicate and that's what we projected on them. Uh, but possession is always the byproduct of self-abandonment. And, and it's not just the voids in our bodies that they search to possess. It's the voids in our lives. Like if we have uh, unfulfilled potential or if we have trauma, if we have guilt, if we've been through a form of abuse and we've never healed from it, that entity, especially if it's a female, it will manifest as an incubus. And it will wow. try to manipulate the female by using those voids in her life. I. I uh, had a family or a friend of the family rather uh, contact me and she said, you know, she said one of my daughters is experiencing paranormal activity in her house. And so as I was talking to the family, I went into a trance because that's what I do to help people. It's weird. But so do you think you're like you could be a trans medium or no? I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're still figuring it out. Right. And it's pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have vocabulary for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right. It's still going. But, you know, uh, so I closed my eyes. I went into a trance and I said, OK, I said, there is a um, a man to my left. I said, his name is Dan. He has a mustache and he stinks. Yeah. And I said, this man is a rapist. And and the the wife was like, oh, my God, that's my ex-husband. He's deceased. I said, OK. I said, I believe that's him. OK. So as I'm interpreting the data, um, this Dan began to communicate to me, and he told me, he said that the girl involved, the daughter, his daughter, had been recently 
raped. You know, you realize how crazy I would have sounded if I was wrong. Right? I, mean, I know. That's why I done. worry about saying things sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to say this because yeah. I could, you know, back in the day when I was in elementary school and shit, like people treated me like I was weird because of the things I'd share with them. They're like, stay away from her. She's batshit crazy. Um, <laughs> but when it nags at you so much, you do say it, especially, I don't know if you have this happen, but people that you don't mm-hmm. even know will come up and tell you everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That ha- that happens a lot. And sometimes um, if they have, like, a substance abuse issue or something, or even if they're just hurting, you know, I've had mm-hmm. instances where I'm sitting down at a restaurant. Yeah. Um, I did that, too. I had this lady sit down next to me, and I just looked right at her, and I said, I don't know what I what this means. I said, but I see a black-headed man at your house in bed. He's sick, and I want you to know that he appreciates everything you're doing, and so do I. Aww. Started bawling. She's like, my husband has that a terminal so disease. Oh, yeah. Life-changing. She said, my, she said, my husband has a terminal disease, and I'm working two jobs to, to make ends meet and support my family. And she's like, I just you know, really meant a lot to her. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- those things tend to happen a lot with me. But uh, so, so I, I was helping this other family, and uh, I had learned. I told the family, like, listen, you know, your, your, your youngest daughter was recently raped, and that entity was using that trauma as access points. Mm-hmm. There's that little fracture in her armor where it can Yeah, be. yeah absolutely. And uh, I said, so what you need to do, I said, it's, it's going to happen organically, but – or it needs to, rather. I said, have have your wife get in conversation with her and just ask her how she's been doing. And, you know, if anything uh, interesting or, or of value has happened in her life recently that she would, be, well, you know, want to talk to her about. And I said, so uh, at that point, I said, uh, you, you have a chair in your house that you always sit in. He goes, yeah. I said, okay, there's a fireplace right by you, and then there's a couch next to the fireplace. I said, your wife and your youngest daughter, which is his stepdaughter, I said, is going to sit on that couch and she's going to cry and she's going to open up her heart and tell you exactly what happened to her. And when she does, it's going to strengthen your relationship with her. And it's also going to take the authority away. I'm getting, man, this is getting passionate. I'm getting passionate. Yeah, I I can, I can hear it in your voice. I'm like, whoo, I'm trying not to cry right now. (laughs) And you you will remove the authority it has over her. Hmm. And I said, when that happens, there will be a, a breaking of chains in her life, and that entity will have to go. It has yeah, no it'll have no more power. No Two power. weeks later on the day, father calls me. You're exactly right. She had went to a party at a college, and a man pulled her in the room and raped her violently. Jeez. And so what this tells us is that these entities, especially possessing kinds of the incubi uh, species, they will use trauma, pain, abuse as access points, and, and almost they feel attracted to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, they it's are a attracted sick way. To it. It's an easy oh, way. Yeah. Like they don't even do their work correctly. They have to find the easy way in. Yes. Oh, look at that chink in her armor. She's been through some shit. Let me get in there and make it worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me go in there and, and see if I can hurt her more. Mm-hmm. Um, Which we, they do. We, oh, yeah. We've even had cases where uh, women have been pulled underwater in their bathtub. Mm-hmm. And then when they come out of the water, the entity had carved on her flesh. You know, I effed her or, you know, I had intercourse Slut, with her. Slut, whore. 
whatever. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a uh, an emotion or the intention of dominating them. Yeah, uh, matter, bringing matter them fact, down so more. Oh yeah, yeah. These, these are like serial killers. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's 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 a scary fact, but it, it's true. So it's like like Father Sinestrario, the Nino, he was one of the great incubi researchers. He had cases where. Um, the victim would like die later on in life, not not from the attack, but maybe from, from the you know, struggle. Like, I don't know. Yeah, something. You know, they, they depression, would die not eating right, not drinking right, not sleeping right. All this right. shit brings you down. Oh yeah, yeah. And so what they would do is they would separate their female victim from the family members. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes they would uh, they would make the husband impotent, says to to uh, heighten the passions of the wife. And then before long, it's been six months. Next thing you know, that entity is still working on her. And now, you know, it's going to manipulate her and just kind of close her off. But Sinistrari uh, had cases where these women, after they would die, he, along with other doctors, would go and do the autopsy. And then, and then they would begin to find symbols that these entities were carving underneath their eyelids. Again, That's so fucked right? up. Yeah, it's really, really, really bad. So, so these entities, again, it's not just possession, and it wasn't just about ownership. It's about like, branding. Mm-hmm. Um, the symbols that they would carve, what what's needs to be said as well is we didn't know what they were. They didn't mean anything to us, but they meant everything to the entity. And I want to suggest this, too. It's just like a serial killer who revisits its own crime scene. Mm-hmm. And I do, do believe. Yeah, I do believe they were marking their victims to find them even after death. Ew. That's a whole mm-hmm. another realm of fucked up. Like, that is bad. That is so bad. So <laughs> that's is. why they carve on people? You're thinking they're branding um, them so they can find them in the next life? Or it's yeah, just a way of... Yeah, they can find their bodies again. Oh my goodness. They can find their bodies. And, and literally, it's like, okay... I mean, it is branding. It's basically saying to all the other entities, this belongs to me and not you. Yeah. So so symbolism being a simplification of language, we don't know what they mean. We just know that they're branding their victims in a way that, that even the victims themselves weren't aware of. Like sometimes they would uh, carve their symbols in their private areas to so where they, you know, they would never have seen it unless they had an autopsy or a hysterectomy or something that was really, really intimate. And invasive, you would have never seen it. And and it was because they were able to do the autopsy, they realized, like, oh my God, this haunting existed even after life. <laughs> so bad. I know this is getting this is getting a little bit too dark, I guess. But you know, it's well. It I love like murder mysteries and paranormal. I love all that stuff, even though it's dark stuff for me. I enjoy that. Like for me, it's mind play for me. Like I can think about things and try to figure out this puzzle and what's going Mm -hmm. on. I've never thought of it like that. As far as I'm carving this into the person, whether she's dead or alive, uh, when I'm carving this, this is the way that I'm going to find her after death. I've never thought of that before. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's incredibly, it's intense. Yeah. Yeah. Sinistrari would also go into homes with Now I gotta shave tomorrow. I got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, you know. It, it, it is chilling. It's incredibly chilling, but uh, Sinistrari also had cases where he would go to the house within an hour of the incubus being there, and he would collect semen samples. And much of the semen samples he collected, they, they said that they came from dead people. They, they were dark 
in color. It looks like they came from a corpse. Oh. Now, now we're going to get into Ariel Masters' work because I know we okay. have thirty more minutes, and then we have what the next the, the last session, I think. Yes. Okay. Okay. Hour. So we're gonna we're gonna spend the the um, next half 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 an hour talking about Ariel Masters and his incredible work, Eros and Evil. And so, so Eros and Evil is, is about the sexual pathology of the demon and how they were interacting with witches and their female lovers during the medieval period. One of the ways that they would interact with them is they would literally abduct them out of their bed and transport them to a sabbat. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Where they would possess a corpse and have intercourse with them. Literal corpses. Like, you know, I'm not speaking figuratively or allegorically. They would literally possess the dead and then try to inseminate these witches. Now, one of an- another way that they would, uh, I guess, acquire their female victim is they would take her out of her bed at night and then they would they would replace her with another apparition that looked like her. So, so the husband would wake up and look over and say, okay, you know, my baby girl's here, no big deal. Everything's good to go. That's not true. You know, your wife's been missing for five, six hours now. You just didn't know it. So there was a switching. It's almost like the, uh, let's see, it's almost like the changeling phenomenon in European folklore, right? Where they will take a baby and then replace it with something that looks a little like it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's. It's crazy, but uh, Masters also <laughs> mentions how that these witches, when they would come back and they would confess or they would, they would give their accounts to different people, they, they would say that when they were in the state of intercourse, that these entities would, would, would genuinely, like they would generally rather, uh, place them in a dream state. And they said that it was almost as if these entities wanted them to think they were corpses wanted them to believe that they were actually having intercourse with a, a, a man or a woman that was deceased. Matter Necrophilia, fact, baby. What, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what? And, and, and okay. So, so uh, necrophilia was taking place. Also, it was, it was, it was the dream state that they would be placed in. And so a lot of times they would say that um, it was like their, their, um, their male appendages were fake. Um, yeah, this is, gets really interesting. And it wasn't like, okay, so the male appendage would, appendage would look fake, and then some of them were even circumcised. Uh-huh. 
And, and it's even more than that. Montague Summers records the same phenomenon, but he goes at it a little differently. And he says that a lot of these women would have encounters with demons where their male appendages were metal. What the crack? And there would be three, it would be a three-pronged appendage. Oh my gosh. So, right? So what are we looking at here? What it appears to be, it appears that, that these entities were appearing as demons but and grooming them into intercourse, but they were using technology. Metal, though. Metal. No, yes. no, no. <laughs> so they're, they're taking things from her, like Ova, and they're placing things in her, like semen, like, like oh seed. Gosh. So this is a, a way that they have hoodwinked us throughout all of history. Does it make sense? Like, like they've used this, this, they've hacked our belief system and have appeared to us as demons or, or corpses throughout all of history. And, and yet the whole purpose of it is, is it's semination to where they mm-hmm. will self-replicate their species. The truth of the matter is, this is the UFO abduction phenomenon. It's just we never realized it. Yeah, some people remember, like, um, I know people do past life regeneration or some sort of regeneration. Like, I think I've been abducted. Can you Mm -hmm. regress me and take me back so I can remember this? Because I want to remember. I know something happened. There's signs. I have this thing in my arm. I have this mark on my arm. I have other shit happening. I have missing time. I'm in bed with muddy feet. Like, this stuff does not make sense. Um, What happened? So so they'll go back because they want to remember. A lot of people don't because it's kind of like re-victimizing them. But um, even with God and angels, so on and so forth, are Mm -hmm. these really other worldly entities or are these really those motherfucking Allens, you know? You're you're exactly right. Good Um, question. Yeah. Whatever this life form is, it has manipulated us through religion. It has appeared to us as what we would prefer them to be. And now they're saying, okay, oh, you know, you know, what would you prefer us to be? Oh, we're, we're extraterrestrial. Okay, that's the new, that's the new uh, stick with them. The truth of the matter is we've been experiencing and encountering this life form throughout millennia in every religion. Mm-hmm. And they're hoodwinking us. They, like, like, okay, in the book of Ezekiel chapter, chapter 13, it literally talks about these entities and how they hunt our souls. This is going to get really good. So, so that he says that those who hunt the souls of men to make them fly. Now, the flying soul that he's referencing to and the flying soul that they're hunting, it comes from Egyptology. It's called the Ba'a soul. So you remember how I told you that, that in the dream state, you, you, you're asleep, but your soul leaves your body? What they've been doing is they will induce the dream state so your soul leaves your body and then capture your soul. Is it, are you following me? Is this making sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so Ezekiel 13 calls them soul hunters. Now, I, I had originally read that text, and I, I got into some of the literature on it. It's, it's life-changing because it says that those uh, who die or should die live, and those who should die – or I'm sorry, and those who should live die. Mm-hmm. And so there's a currency of consciousness here that they're operating in. So what, what he's referring to is the fact that the reason they're, they're living is because we're dying. They're using, okay, the souls that they hunt in order to, again, propagate their species and self-replicate. Now, I have a gentleman I've been working with. 
gentleman, and his his father was a renowned remote viewer. Because we're going to go into the, the UFO yeah, that stuff is, the next hour. So. That's that's <laughs> mind blowing to me. Remote viewing. Oh yeah, yeah. Michelle's a remote viewer. Michelle's incredible. Oh my god. Really? Oh, dude, you didn't. I know love that? Michelle. I love her energy and. Oh, uh, she's amazing. I don't know. She's got this awesome energy. I just love her. I don't even know her, but I love her. I can say that. <laughs> oh, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. <laughs> You're so she's lucky, the best me. In the world. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, so this remote, remote viewer, um, he said that he would induce himself into a dream state. His soul would leave his body, and he would encounter these guides. And uh, he said that one day his dad, the remote viewer, came downstairs frantically and in, inconsolable. Oh, my gosh. And, and he, said, uh, he said, as I'm talking to my father, he said, we're watching as his chest, like something is carving uh, Egyptian hieroglyphs. Ugh. into his chest. I have pictures of it. And he said, uh, my dad, he said, my dad ended up passing out and having a heart attack. We had to rush to the hospital. Holy he shit. said, so, yeah, uh, matter of fact, Steve Mara, the great parapsychologist, had a case just like this, except these entities killed men. Yeah. Well, like, he yeah. had so much pain going on that he passed out, had a heart attack, because that's an immense amount of pain. And oh, yeah. plus, like, there's something they're carving on you you can't even see. Yep. It was it was horrific. So once they got him stabilized in the hospital, he finally told them what had happened. He said, you know, he said, I, I've always believed that these, these things were my guides. He said, but when I did my remote viewing session last night, he said, I, I landed in this ship. And uh, he said, I turned to my left and right. And I noticed that all of my guides were there like they usually are. He said, but uh, before I knew it, they had changed their appearances. Hmm. They didn't look like the guides that I was used to. And he said their appearances were inhuman and terrifying. And he said, that's when I landed back into my body. And now they're carving amulets in my chest. Yeah, no. (laughs) Right. These are the same entities that we've been talking about all night. It's just, again, they've appeared to us in humanity in different forms. But we need to realize, it's, and I'm telling you guys, I'm getting passionate again. We need to realize that this is the most dangerous threat we've ever known. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so, so um, the soul, that's what I mean by that. That's what I was going to say. That's what they were doing. They were hunting his soul. Do you think, um, because I believe personally, from my personal experience, that there are family curses, like where Mm -hmm. the devil or demons will follow this progression, whether it goes from a mother to daughter, 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 and future daughters, so on and so forth. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. um, Matter of fact, we would say that, um, like in spiritual warfare, we would call that generational curses but even if you go into the ufo abduction phenomenon where they are hunting souls uh they they will have uh ufo abductees where it's generational it's multi-generational so if the mother was abducted her daughter would be too see okay so i have a story for you and i know this is your show but i have to tell you this because this is devils demons and unclean spirits um (laughs) so when i was six years old I'm living at my granny's house. It's after my mom was killed by a drunk driver. She knew when and how and where she was going to die. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm staying in my mom's room and I, 
I've always had this problem with going to sleep. So I'm a night owl, nocturnal creature, people call me. Um, but mm-hmm. I have this dream where I'm in my bed in this room and the bed starts tilting up. And at the end of my bed is a hole and there's fire in the hole and I smell sulfur. And Ooh. so the bed's tilting, tilting, tilting. I'm sliding down the sheets. The baseboard is the only thing that I can hold on to. And it's like, you know, at least like four to five inches below the mattress. So I'm digging my thumbs in and holding on to my baseboard so I don't fall into this hole. And I'm a very mm-hmm. still sleeper. When I woke mm-hmm. up, I was at the end of the bed. And I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, that dream was so realistic. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about the smells, the sights, whatever then I realize I still smell smoke. And at this point, it's mm-hmm. not the sulfur smoke that I'm smelling. It's more of like a cherry tobacco or something. My grandparents mm-hmm. smoked velvet tobacco. They rolled their own smoked velvet tobacco. This was not mm-hmm. that. And so I looked over into the doorway, which is right there by the end of my bed. And I see this man standing in my doorway and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, that's probably my, my grandpa. And then I realize it's not because he doesn't smoke cherry tobacco. All of a sudden he raises Mm -hmm. this uh, cigar up to his mouth and he takes a puff off of it. My grandpa didn't smoke cigars and Mm -hmm. the light from the ember around him. I could see his face. His hair is slicked back. He's wearing a tuxedo, a bow tie, the most gorgeous man I've ever laid eyes upon. I swear to God he was, I knew immediately who it was. I knew it was the devil. And Mm -hmm. I always had night terrors. My dad told me, say, Satan fall, uh, God stands before me, Satan fall behind. So I didn't even say Mm -hmm. that out loud. I said it in my head and just like that, I was knocked Mm -hmm. out right before I saw that, like the day before I saw little gremlin creatures, little goblins dancing around the fire Mm -hmm. chanting. Next night I saw him. Mm -hmm. So once I got back to my family, my dad, my sisters and my brothers, um, we're all telling ghost stories like we used to back in the day. And I told them about this experience and my dad turned white as a sheet. And he's like, your mom told me the exact same story, except for instead of being in the doorway, he was right next to her bed and they had a lengthy conversation. And my sister even said that she saw him standing next to a stretch limo right there where my mom was basically killed by a drunk driver. Um, So it's pretty insane. And to me, like my husband's like, no, Satan's not going to appear to anybody. He's going to send this and this and that and that. Well, yes, I did see his minions and shit. His Mm -hmm. little gremlin cobalt peoples, Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck they're called. Mm -hmm. Then the next day I saw him. I know it was him. And I think he's looking Mm -hmm. for brides. He doesn't have just one bride. He will look for brides. And like you were saying earlier, trying Mm -hmm. to uh, implement or project that species. I don't know. Yes. Yes. Self-reprimed self-replicate species yeah yeah this it's the hybridization program that we're talking about here but but truthfully we're, we're dealing with a life form that will appear to us in whatever form it wants to concealing mm-hmm. its it's its normal appearance and what it, it really looks like well from he us. was the most beautiful angel and he he <laughs> fucking yeah. was he was so beautiful i've never seen a man so beautiful as that but i was still afraid because i knew who it mm-hmm. was i knew mm-hmm that's a fascinating account. Did he have? Did you, did you say he had a hat on, or, or no? No, his hair was slicked so back. His hair man. was longer. His hair was slicked back. He didn't have a hat on. It was not the Hat Man. It was mm-hmm. Lucifer. Okay, that's that's incredible. Thank you for telling me that because that that's uh, that is it's interesting. I believe that, and it's interesting that uh, your mother had a conversation with him too. Yeah. So is that is that what you were born with about it being generational, where it would go to the mother and the daughter? 
Yeah, it appeared yeah. to her. It appeared to me. My my sister had a different encounter with him. Um, mm-hmm. She said this was in her teen years, and she's staying with these people that were her protectors, like her adopted mom and dad. When in reality, they weren't. They were really bad people. And she said mm-hmm. she was in her bed one night. Uh, it, she said it looked like lightning struck the wall. Mm-hmm. There was a crack even after that happened, but she said lightning struck the wall. And then all of a sudden there was this being on top of her trying to rape her. Mm-hmm. And this being had scales on his body. So he's appearing not as the beautiful angel, but mm-hmm. as the reptilian, even though she can't see him, she can feel the scales on top of her. And the mm-hmm. only way that she got him off of her was she said she took her thumbnail and she dug it under the scale and stabbed as hard as she could. And oh that's God. the only way she could get him off her. She is blessed. I've, I've, I've rarely heard of someone surviving in that way. That's incredible. Yeah, she did. And that, she knew that, to do that. Like, would you think of that? I wouldn't have thought I of that. I wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, I'd be punching like, oh and trying God. other shit. But to dig your nail up under a scale, perfect. Yeah, to get it underneath the armor, almost. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. That That's a woman. That's an individual with some instincts, I got to tell you. That's wild. Because yeah. I, I have heard a similar story like that, but the lady uh, didn't have success at it. Like, uh, it's from John Mack's Experiencer documentary. And um, the lady was sleeping in bed, and this entity manifested. Um, and it wasn't, okay, let me back up. It wasn't a reptilian to her. Like, it manifested to her as an insect. Like a, what does she Weird. call it? Like a grasshopper or something. Yeah. Like a praying mantis. Yeah, there we go. Mantis, exactly right. So, you know, they can manifest as anything, and I think that we are – it's possible we're, we're considering them all different species. But what if they're one and the same, and they're, you know, they're manifesting in different ways? Um, so, you know, but, but again, let's get, let's get back to um, – because I want to finish these, this uh, segment with – Definitely. This next point because this third segment is going to get even, even crazier. So my, my, my reasoning in mentioning the remote viewer is that um, they had – they had, what they did is they carved stuff on his soul first. And then when his soul got back into his body, I believe it manifested on the body. And so this is, I'm going to start proving this more next in the next segment. But what they were doing is, again, they, they had taken his soul. They held it captive for a while. They revealed who they were. And then they were doing something to his soul so that when his soul got back into his body, it manifested. So they were treating or they were carving into the soul first and the body second. <clears throat> and that's basically what he was saying. Now, now, what we need to realize about these soul hunters is that they consider the soul as not being incorporeal. They believe it has substance mm-hmm. and that they can actually remove it from the body and use it for, for to, to, I guess, to replicate their species. Yeah. But, yeah, so, so it's, the, it's the soul first, the body second. And okay. a, lot of these, a lot of these abductees who are having scoop marks, I believe that's the, that's the, uh, that's the reasoning for that. You call it scoop be- marks? Yes, yes. They're also called witch's marks, devil's marks. Okay, so where there's hieroglyphs and stuff that you don't recognize, but they're right. still there. They're still there. And, and yeah, so I'm really excited to get into that in the next segment. But, um, I mean, that's a crazy case. I, don't, I didn't know if I could send you a picture of it. I, I probably won't. I'll probably do it after the show. But you got to see this. I mean, it's crazy. 
Yeah, and if you want to, you can send it to me on Messenger, and then I can share it on We Are Paradox Media's Facebook page. Um, I can't really share anything in the chat room because it won't okay. show up, or if people click on it, it'll take them away from the show. But, um, okay. yeah, definitely send that to me because I want to see it. But, oh, i got to send you something, too. Um, okay. My husband, his family met this guy, and he said he was from an alien race, and he hitchhiked with them on their bus, and he carved these hieroglyphics into the bus wall. Mm -hmm. And uh, he actually went out there almost a year ago and took pictures of it and sent it to me. So I'll send that Mm -hmm. to you to see if you recognize it. But to me, it was just like, wow, like what the hell is that? And I, I do think that perhaps we were originally Martians, like we're originally on Mars and we had a nuclear war. I think that's where that big fissure in the planet happened, there are bodies of water that have been found and there's high, high, high levels of radiation, not just what Mm -hmm. the sun gives out, but like there was a nuclear war there and that's why we're on earth now. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty sure we are actually aliens on this planet. We're the most alien thing here. We think octopi and stuff like that are alien. We're the aliens. (laughs) That could very well be. I mean, uh, I I just sent that in messenger, by the way. I just saw it pop up. Oh my God. So check this out. I mean, it's wild. It is wild. But, um, yeah. Holy shnikes. So, um, for those who aren't looking at what we're looking at, there's a, that's uh, the star of, uh, Bethlehem, right? David. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a cross on there too. Look at those. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, so what now here's what is alarming. He couldn't have done that to himself. You cannot do that to yourself. So I, I've had more pictures uh, they oh gave goodness. to me, and, and there's also um, a Polaroid video of this taking place in real time. Seriously? Like, yes, this, this is, is actually what... happening on camera? Yes, that's what he claims, and I'm getting oh that because I'm still working with him. But once I get that, it's – can you imagine putting that in a lecture, you know? I mean, it's it's pretty intense. So – but what, what we need to do is analyze these um, because uh, if, if these are actually religious amulets, like the Star of David, yeah. um, number one, that would mean that these entities are employing them for reasons that are alien to us. No pun intended. Like they're not doing this for the reasons we think they are. Like when, we, like when I go into a haunted house and there are people that have crucifixes and Stars of David, they're doing that to ward off these very entities. Now, if that's the case, why are these very entities using these implements or these uh, amulets themselves? Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. we're missing something here. Yeah, we don't have the full mm. story, the full effect. We're missing something. Yeah, majorly, majorly. So, yeah. So I'm, I can't wait for everybody to see it because then they'll be able to give uh, context to our conversation here. Yeah, but and I, I just shared it did. on We Are Paradox Media's Facebook page. If you guys are listening. Okay. Head on over there, and you can see this picture. Like, oh my gosh, this is like my mind again. Once again, is blown completely off my shoulders. <laughs> like, this is insane. Holy yeah, it's shnikes. it's a very um, it's a fascinating subject, but uh, I got, I can't stress it enough. We're missing something. Much to go like your mm-hmm. page. We're missing something, and it's not just something that's trivial. This is something that is incredible. And it's much it's, it's much needed because if we if we miss it more, like if we get lost in the darkness, these things can eclipse us. We won't ever understand what they're doing. Yeah. So we you know we really have to investigate this stuff. They'll see us before we see them over there. Yeah, yeah, they yeah that's that's true. These are the soul hunters, though, guys. This is 
This is what I'm referring to. So are the Soul Hunters like the Watchers, or are these two yes. completely different things? They're That's the same. One. They're the yes. one and the same. Oh, my God. They're, ne- they're necromancers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really, it's a remarkable concept. But the Watchers, they're necromancers. Um, they're pulling souls out of bodies. And that's what they did with this gentleman. So, so again, it's not just um, the body that they're taking. These soul hunters are taking the soul. They're taking consciousness. You still, you still getting tripped out over there looking at it? <laughs> um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to process this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not looking at it anywhere. I'm looking at this, uh, the screen for the next song set, but I'm just like, trying to process this because oh my gosh like it was not even so deep that it made him bleed it was just deep enough to have these signatures or what do they call them Uh, amulets and symbols amulets and such yeah on his body he's not bleeding he it's not that right it's meant to share a message i think right how do we figure it out Exactly right. There's a mystery here to solve. <laughs> there is, and I've been I've been working on that for a while and getting through. You know what kind of amulets? I mean, have you female found amulets. anything like that? Like anything no. that? Okay. Oh no. my god! And I haven't I haven't been able to um, find anybody else who has had this either. What I mean, about aside people from... that um, in Egypt, like mm-hmm. all the time, they're unveiling new new realms of people buried, different tombs, so on and so forth, different stories mm-hmm. behind these mm-hmm. different people. I remember the last one I saw, there was two females in one hole, and these are shafts. These aren't even graves. These are shafts where they threw the bones mm-hmm. and buried them. Next shaft, there was like three or four children of different mm-hmm. ages and different sexes, and they're like, man, what happened? I think there was some sort of plague or something that happened during this person's time, and this was one of the most recent um, diggings that they did. And then they found another freaking tomb. Like we're constantly finding things and more information, Mm -hmm. more scripts, more, more things that are teaching us, but the way that they're able to look at it and decipher it. I wonder if you can Mm -hmm. get a hold of somebody like that and figure out what these say. I've been, I've been looking for someone like that. And I've been looking for like, even just in my own field, a parapsychologist who's experienced this phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Michael Lynch has experienced some of this, which is one of my mentors. Um, But Lynch said that his case study, uh, the individual had subdermal scratching. So it wasn't like it was under, it was coming through the skin. Like it's under the skin. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to do like a shot or something after this. Yeah. I can't hang. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in tonight. That's the end of the <laughs> No. But, I mean, what um, kind of entity so can weird. do that? That oh, is intense. Seriously. On that note, we do have to go to our second musical break on this break. We have Prime Example, Roy Washington, our musical host, is a member of this band. And this song is called Power Play. Then we have Gravity from Krakow, Poland with My Last Goodbye. We also have Dan Medina, who was originally a member of Gravity from Krakow, Poland. But now he's gone off on his own, kind of like Justin Timberlake. And uh, his song is I Won't Let You Go. And then we have Fred Johnson, the Toyd. He's one of my favorites. Man, if I could ever meet a musician, I'd love to meet this guy. With After Dark, you guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this musical break. Yeah. 
Welcome back, and thank you so much for joining us tonight on We Are Paradox Media's Late Night in the Rockies. Tonight, we are so freaking blessed to have Mr. Nathaniel Gillis in. He is sharing so much information with us. Like I said, my mind has been blown at least six or seven times tonight. I'm I'm trying to regain all my uh, granular brain structure <laughs> so I can continue, but my goodness, Nathaniel... How long have you been working on this? The last 20 years? Something like that. Yeah, it's a lot of research that goes into it. I do a lot of reading. It takes a lot of energy out of me. Um, but, you know, it's a passion of mine. I mean, it's not even a passion. It's my master passion. And I hope that I can convey that during my interviews and inspire other people to, to get as passionate. That'd be awesome if we can all work together on something more than what we're going through. Oh my goodness. I think a lot of our power has been taken away with us being locked down and not able to do things we generally would be doing. Mm -hmm. We're kind of stagnant right now. We're, we're turning into like stagnant waters. Yeah. We can't even have taco Tuesday anymore. Like a real taco Tuesday, you know, like you have to wear a mask and it's just like, nah, but yeah. So, um, you know, this is, this hopefully this year they'll have, all of the vaccines available if, if people are wanting to take them. I don't know if I, I will I sell I mine. Will. Sc- I don't know. For ninety nine ninety nine <laughs> per dose. <laughs> if you want to buy $99 and one really jacked for up. For ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I will sell goodness. you mine because I ain't taking it. I'm yeah, going I'm, to observe. Watch what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty much on the fence about it myself. So yeah, me too. We'll see. I think I'm going to wait for like herd immunity and then go from there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm good. I'm all, I'm all good. My <laughs> daughter went today. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually it was yesterday. She went and got her vaccination, her first one. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Um, oh, I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Like she's taking the first one. Is is she going to take a second one? I, I'm not even sure which one she's taken. I'm going to have to text mm-hmm. her and ask which shot did you get? She probably doesn't even know. Um, it freaks me out because, you know, I believe in the scientific method, scientists sharing information with each other, coming to a certain conclusion, not a hypothesis, but a, a conclusion. Um, it's too soon for that. Like, we're in this pandemic or epidemic, whatever the hell you want to call it, and they're just like, here, take this. We don't know. Okay, some people have adverse effects at first. How mm-hmm. do we know what the effects are going to be in the long run? to our genetic stimuli. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't trust it. Totally. I don't trust it yet. I, I'm just, you know, like I said, I'm on the fence with it and I'm going to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. But, um, high five. So, I'm sorry. I said high five. High five. There we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, um, in this segment, I wanted to dive deeper into the UFO abduction phenomenon. And I wanted to, to, to explain it through the lens of our ancient ancestors. So the way our ancestors interpreted the UFO abduction phenomenon was as if it was uh, the afterlife. Mm -hmm. And so they considered these entities to be their ancestors that that had died. And so what they would do in order to remember their ancestors is let's say they had a person that died in their family. They would bury them underneath their house and then they would create an image of their family member that died and the consciousness of that deceased individual would possess the image as a means of having an existence in this world. 
Now, the image that they <clears> possessed were they were metal. Right. So my point here is that they knew that consciousness can merge with metal. Matter mm. of fact, that was the way they were continuing a lot of their ancestors' existence. So, so we also have a case of consciousness in metal with what's called the teraphim. The teraphim was a ritual of necromancy. What they would do is they would go out into a graveyard, dig up, dig up a uh, corpse. Then they would take a piece of metal, carve the name of an unclean spirit, Pumarua, which is a, it's a ghost. They would carve that name of the ghost on that piece of metal and then implant, hello, implant that piece of metal into the mouth of the corpse. Seriously? Yeah, a lot of, yeah. <laughs> and the consciousness of that entity would Talking merge, about mouthpiece here. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. Would merge with the metal in the mouth and would begin to speak through that corpse. So, so we have here is a technology regarding the afterlife where consciousness can merge itself with metal and exist. Now, I do believe this is why we have a great deal of abductees who, when they step on the craft, claim that the craft itself is alive. Yeah, and, and sometimes, like... They're like, there's not even walls. Like, there's this window sort of thing, but there's no window there. It's open. You can see into the expanse of the universe. There's really no window mm -hmm. there. It's like, you could walk off the ledge at any moment. But you're just standing mm -hmm. there embracing the eminence of the universe. Like, it is so large. And it, I don't oh, know. Yeah. So intriguing. Yeah, it's expansive. Yeah. So so their, 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 their belief was that this was afterlife phenomena and that these were their ancestors. And the ver that means that their very first implant wasn't about, you know, people that are uh, getting abducted, essentially, but it was really about how to place consciousness in the abductees. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so um, we're dealing with how, like, okay, so I do believe that that's how they are planting their consciousness in us. Matter of fact, I'm going to read a case real quick. It's an abductee case. Okay. I'm going to get my book out here for us. Hell and, yes, I want to hear this. Okay. And so what we're dealing with are two consciousnesses in one body. It's just like possession, okay? Mm -hmm. And so how are they doing it, though? I believe they're doing it through implants. They're carving yeah. their consciousness in it, right? Isn't that yeah. good? And then placing it in us. And Have I you heard about like findings. when people try to take it out, like it'll move around so you can't get it? Yes. Yes. That is it's so freaking weird. Like you can maybe put a magnet on your skin and have it there when you're cutting into yourself. Or if you have a doctor doing it, a lot of doctors won't do it because they're like, this person is uh yeah, a mind case. These, this person mm -hmm. is crazy. Um, mm -hmm. but this stuff really does happen. It could be in your neck, behind your ear, in your wrist. There's so many different places that they put it, but people, you know, see it, they feel it and they're messing around with it. They try to get it out and they can't cause it runs away from whatever you using to, to try to get it out. It's so yes. Weird. It's almost like it's alive too. And yeah. Enough. To, to get itself out of the way so that we can't get a hold of it. Um, <clears throat> so there's two accounts here. 
that are separate individuals, separate, separate experiencers. This comes out of the book Beyond UFOs, The Science of Consciousness and Contact with Non-Human Intelligence. So I'm going to read this first one. He says, as I enter into the bottom of the UFO, everything turns white like I pass out, and then I find myself laying on a table around the room with six grays that seem taller than the ones who took me out of the house. He says, yes, and in what regard? Well, as far as they talk about grays, but they're grays of different mm -hmm. heights. Some are very tall, some are very right. short, but they're working yes. together. They are working together. And uh, copies of bodies, they all look alike, right? That's a reference back to the Apocryphon of John. <laughs> so he says, uh, he says, I'm trying to scream, but I can't. I hear a loud bang, and I find myself hitting the floor next to my bed. I lie down on the couch to see the vertical beam of light. He said, I was age 10. It was at midnight. He said, I felt like I was floating above the bed, unable to move. A blinding light comes through the window. Now, here we go. We're going to deal with two different consciousnesses in one body. He says, suddenly became, became aware of seeing through someone else's eyes. Someone's approaching the house from the east to the west. So what he's referring to here, it's incredible. He's literally saying that for a fleeting moment, that these entities turned on a unified stream of consciousness between themselves and this individual they're abducting. And, this, and he can this, hear it. He can see it and hear it and experience it oh through the eyes of these entities. Oh, my God. I believe that's how they use or yeah, that's how they're using these implants is they're they're literally triggering consciousness and saying, I'm going to turn this stream on. So now I can see through your eyes and you can see mine. So it's not like they're locating uh, their abductees like GPS. No, they're so evolved where they can turn consciousness on and find you wherever. Yeah, and is it because they did put an implant in you when you were a kid or even before you were yeah. born? Like, how did they do that? Right, they, they could do it either or, you know, and I, I, I believe they have, they put implants in this individual. I believe that's the case, mm -hmm. you know, like there's a, there's a second one here. Let me refer back to it. Um, here we go. There's another experience here. And in an earlier experience, I was 10 years old in bed. He said I was awake. Actually, that's the same one. Let me read this up. Another one. Anyways, uh, he says, okay. He says, I was immediately aware. And this is another individual. I was approached that, I, that there was an entity approaching my house. And he said, I, again, I call it switching eyes, but they call it consciousness. He was witnessing his own abduction through the eyes of his abductor. So, so what, we, what we need to realize is that these entities have an evolved knowledge of not just consciousness, but the soul. They have the ability to, to trigger consciousness in us and unite theirs with us. Now, you know, in, in history, in biblical antiquity especially, we would have called that possession. But this is abduction, right? So, so what's really going on here? And I'll, I'll stop rambling. I'm like, no, please continue. It's better you do it than I. People are oh, tired God. of my fucking ramblings. But no, it's not like you're rambling. You do have specific, important information to share. 
I don't know. Okay. These beings are amazing to me, and I know different people that have gone through this, different people mm -hmm. having implants. They, they have had x-rays of it. No matter how many things that they've tried, the doctors still won't believe them. You see this little small chip device in my arm. Yeah. Where the fuck did that come from? Did I take myself on apart and put this little fucking chip in my arm or what? Like, mm -hmm. no, this is something, there's no scar, there's no nothing. It's like they're able to open up the flesh, put the insert yes. in there, and then close it back up. No scarring, no nothing. And there's so exactly. many times that they have healed people. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard of people talking about different colored orbs not ghost orbs but alien mm -hmm. orbs i've seen mm -hmm. one that looked yellow orange and red so it's basically mm -hmm. like a, a molten fire inside of this mm -hmm. orb but other people that have seen green ones they talk about them as healing orbs like they will abduct these people they will heal them and they'll take them back home like this person could have had cancer or some other different faculty about them that is wrong with them and they heal them but some of them are like angry birds, <laughs> like the one I saw, like I opened the door, I stepped out into the snow. And as soon as I stepped out, I was like, mm -mm. step mm -hmm. back in, close the door. And then I called my family over cause I, I could not get my fingers to work to where I could turn the camera on. But, mm -hmm. um, I called my family wow. over and they saw it. My two daughters saw the exact same thing I saw to my husband. It appeared as like a globe with mm -hmm. a bat of extreme size glowing, flapping its wings at a very slow rate of speed. Does mm -hmm. not make sense. Some sort of uh, shield, whatever. Um, it was so mm -hmm. weird. But I wonder, that like, is. had I continued to walk out there and approach this thing, would it have mm -hmm. killed me, abducted me? What? What would have happened? But exactly my right. son that I was breastfeeding at the time that I saw this entity... Mm -hmm was born with six fingers on his right hand. And back in the day when Indians would put their hands up, it's not that they're saying hello, they're trying to see, mm -hmm. are you human yeah. or are you alien? Right. Because they had extra fingers. Yeah, Makes six fingers and six toes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting point because yeah, a lot of people never, don't know that. Yeah, you know? I never saw that until I was pregnant with my son. Like, I never mm -hmm. saw an alien never saw a UFO, never nothing. I believed in it because my dad told me about it. My mom was the spiritual, like paranormal side. My dad was like, yeah, I did see a ghost once when I was with your mm -hmm. mom, but I do believe in aliens. So I always believed in them and I didn't see them mm -hmm. until 2012. Um, oh, wow. but I'm wondering because that's when I was pregnant with my son. So does mm -hmm. it have something to do with that? And both my kids Good. did have a shared experience too. I mm -hmm. talked to them when I'm doing security overnight and they're like, guess what dream I had last night. So Lily's telling me about her dream. And she mm -hmm. said, we went out back, which is right out here outside of my studio. Mm -hmm. There was a UFO. The aliens took us on the ship and then Floyd jumped out. So I jumped out and then we ran away and Floyd tripped over the root of the tree. And Floyd's like, mm -hmm. I didn't trip over the root. You did. And she's like, I didn't trip over the root. You did. So then they start arguing about this. And I'm like, okay, at this point, this is not a dream. This is a shared experience. And then she started laughing. She's like, ha ha ha. Remember when you jumped on the alien's head? And he's like, yeah, that was so funny. Um, but yeah, like my mm -hmm. mind at that point was blown. I'm like, this is not a dream. This is a shared mm -hmm. experience. Is my yeah, child that. a hybrid? I think my sister and I are. We believe that. We've talked about that for quite a while. But mm -hmm. I definitely believe my son is. That's incredible. 
when you get when you get like kids that have a shared experience like that, mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's remarkable because they're innocent, mm-hmm. and they're going to repeat it. Like you know you know they're not lying. <laughs> they're not like a, a a manipulative adult person or anything. They're just innocent. They're telling you exactly what they experienced. Um, what's really interesting to me as well, you said that it was a dream. Um, mm-hmm. That's what the Bible calls these entities. They, they basically call them dream demons. It's what they were known really? as. Yeah. That's why your incubus and succubus would often come to us in dreams. Right. Or right before, um, like right as you're going to sleep. Yeah. yeah. That's when your soul is hovering over your body, and that's that's how they abduct. That's how they wow. get us. Think about that for a second. I mean, that's heavy, you know. Uh, but that, that's what they believe. That that's how they hunt us. That's why they induce us into a sleep state because it's easier for them to separate the soul. And that's when and your guard getting... is let down. That's when they can get in, and you're not going to fight yes. against them. Exactly right. And and even in the debuk phenomenon, there were most of the time these women that would be possessed by the incubus spirit encounter the incubus spirit during a dream. And so it's almost like they want us to believe that it's not as real as it is. And then once we wake up from it, it's 100% real. And now we have something in us, right? We have, we have either, you know, they either took over or yeah, yeah, took over from women or they, they took semen from men. But uh, yeah, so they were called dream demons, but, but let's, let's get back to how they're abducting the soul and not just the body. Right. So, um, the reason I was referring to my buddy that uh, has his father that was a remote viewer is because, like I said, they were taking his soul, and then whatever they did to the soul manifested on the body it was the soul first, body second. Now, there is an experiencer named Betty Luca. Her husband's name's Bob. So it was Bob and Betty Luca. And uh, Bob woke up one night to, to seeing his wife's apparition being peeled out of her body as she slept. No, no, no. That would be horrific. Could you imagine? Oh, yeah. Could you imagine that? No. I mean, yeah, because it, it would be it would be the most horrific thing you could imagine. Yeah. yeah. It would just be terrible. He said that uh, they peeled her soul out of her body and then she went flying through the window. So so what's what's interesting about this is that uh, Betty Luca was conscious during this abduction. She remembered being pulled out of her body. She remembered everything she experienced. (laughs) And when she got back into her body, guess what happened? Her body began to manifest similar scarifications to what we see see in these cases. From being pilled or? No, from what they did to her soul. Oh. So you see how this this links to to the the remote viewer? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what, what I think what they're doing is is they're they're not just looking at the body. I think they're messing with our souls and it's manifesting on our bodies. That's interesting. That's interesting. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm um, drinking water right now. <laughs> well, it is interesting because um I think it was last night or could have been last week and I don't know, it just all kinds kind of uh, accumulates in my mind, but we're talking about birthmarks. You know, birthmarks and all my kids were born with what they call stork bites. So my first daughter had stork bites on her eye and one in between her eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second daughter had it was a perfect shape of a rooster. My son was born with a dragon, and he was the year of the dragon. 
And then Lily mm-hmm. was born with a little check mark. My husband Vern says it's a V. That means I approved. Um, and I'm like, whatever. I'm thinking because it's not only on the front of their head, but on the back. Mm-hmm. Like this could be from a past life, like how we were killed. We could have mm-hmm. been a part of a tribe and we were killed this way. Or is this a marking from something else? I don't exactly. know. But you're 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 right on top of that. Brilliant. That's brilliant. You're that's incredible because that's right where I was Thank going. You. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah that actually yeah, made thought, sense this time. <laughs> oh no, you make perfect sense. That's incredible. Because that's that's right where my research is. So so going with the concept that whatever happens to the soul happens to the body. Soul first, body second. Then then we go into Ian Stevenson's work with reincarnation and past lives. Where just like you said, we have um People who say they, you know, they died at a young age or something, and and they say that the reason I have this birthmark is because that's what, you know, that's where I uh, was wounded or that's where I got killed from. That was the wound that killed me, but it manifested on their body, so it happened to the soul first, body second. Incredible. So, so what we need to be doing as researchers is looking at the UFO abduction phenomenon as the harvesting and investigating of our consciousness and souls. We've been making it purely about our bodies. That's not the case. I think they're studying our consciousness, and I also believe the reason they're merging seeds in terms of a hybrid is I believe they're going to see that, that they're going to see if they can have consciousness just like we do. And a lot of people believe, like, we're one and done. We only have one life. I don't believe that. I believe, mm-hmm. you know, we repeat our life until we learn the lessons that we're meant to learn. I think that's why a lot mm-hmm. of us have knowledge bestowed upon us even before we should have it. Like, as a kid, I had so much knowledge, and I'm seeking out religion and all these different variations. And when I was in the mm-hmm. military... Oh my gosh, like that was perfect for me because I had every religion at my fingertips. So I can go to the Catholic church. I can go to whatever church, like I'd, mm-hmm. I'd been a member of the Mormon church um, mm-hmm. and other churches in the past Baptists, you know, make sure you don't dance because then you're going to get in trouble. Uh, but I mean, it's so amazing to me. I think we all have a little portion of the truth. Everybody wants to be original. Everybody wants to be number one. But if we just mm-hmm. all work together and accumulated our information we could mm-hmm. get so much further than we are with our human egos. The human ego is keeping us from finding the answers that we need to find. Um, oh, yes. I don't know. That's insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the ego is, is it's also destroying the field. Igor. Uh, a lot of people. <laughs> Devo. Devo. So, <laughs> Whip it good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's such a, an interesting topic, but... You're right. This this has to be understood for what the data sample is and not for the dogma. What it appears we have or, or is a life form that's using us to self-replicate, but it's also studying our souls. Mm-hmm. And here's what's really alarming to me as of late. It had the ability to peel Betty Lucas' soul out of her body Ugh. while keeping her body alive. Ew. That's alarming. And there are people that are saying, and people say, okay, well, that's not really a threat. It's an abs- It's absolutely it a threat. It is. If China had the ability to do what China. they're doing, what would we do? Or Russia? I don't, you know, I don't care. Uh, I mean, India, I don't care anybody, but you know what I mean? That, that would be considered a threat to us. But I think what's happened lately is that they are so transcendent compared to us. We're afraid to label them as a threat. 
And so right. we have to gaslight everybody around us into believing Because if you not. do label it as a threat, you're admitting this is really happening. This yes. is really happening. Yeah. Yeah. Once you admit hey. it, where do you go from there? Oh, yeah. Head first into uh, <laughs> oblivion. That, yeah, head first into terror. <laughs> 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 oh, God. You know, Can I, I go mean, feet what, first? That'd be better. Yeah. Feet first. <laughs> what kind of what kind of an entity has the ability? I mean, first of all, they know more about us than we know about ourselves, and they have the ability. I mean, oh, it's just it's it could be traumatizing, and I think that's why it's our government scary. is not disclosing this fact. It is. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said before, I think we were on break when I said this, but I've been so pissed off in the past that the government is not sharing this information with us. They right. know the truth. They know what's going on, but they won't share it with us. And I'm like, why not? We can handle it. Okay. So there's certain individuals like you and I, we can <laughs> handle this, but there's uh, the, the majority, which are sheeple people, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> that once you tell them something like this, they're going to run around like chickens with their heads heads cut off and the first thing they're going to buy is toilet paper and then everything else on the shelf um i don't know isn't that it's... so funny they're like wait a minute they can they can pull my soul out of my body better go get butt wipes i can't yep. without those <laughs> <laughs> i gotta have toilet paper i gotta have some tissue for this shit <laughs> that's the first thing they think of like oh meanwhile I in colorado everybody's building <laughs> toilet paper forts <laughs> <laughs> exactly right, man. That's hilarious. Oh, thank God I got my toothbrush. We're <laughs> right? good to go. My it's toothbrush like, okay. and my butt wipe. We're all good to go. <laughs> We're all good. Red, You're right. Uh, you wear know. your red shirts and your brown pants because everybody going to be shitting your pants. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. That's funny because I know that joke too, right? Yeah, that's a funny joke. Give me my brown so pants. <laughs> it is so true. I mean, my God. But I think that it's high time the field realizes that, uh, number one, humanity might be the ugly cousin of the family. <laughs> yeah. um, and we're not as uh, incredible as uh, the arrogance of man thinks we are. Yeah, we think we're much better than we really are. Mm. Yeah, it's like, no, they can, uh... oh, I mean, if you look at, I'm sorry. I said, oh, cr- no. Okay. Oh, oh, God. No, yeah, no. <laughs> That's Cardi you sound B like thing. a Nephilim. Oh, cr- <laughs> That's that buzzing Nephilim. Right there. Oh, that's where giants yeah. came from, okay? Angels and humans fall. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, as far as the threat goes, I mean, there's the question, okay, well, yeah, they do perform healings. Well, yeah, that's fine. They but can. um they're not, you know, yeah, they can, but the, the issue is, and this is what Luis Elizondo says, you know, they could per- basically they could perform healings all they want to, but the fact is they're invading our reality without our permission, sometimes mm-hmm. most of the time without our knowledge. Yeah. And anybody who has that power should be treated as a threat, even though, you know, I'm not saying go to war. Obviously, what I'm saying is we need to investigate them as if we're on guard. Right. Because be prepared that, and have yeah. your shield up. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, again, I, I really do agree with you that there, there's a reason I'm not uh, saying our threat. I think it's because they don't want to admit it. If they did, you'd have a, a lot of people who are freaking out. Oh, my out. gosh. Could you imagine? You get... Oh, yeah. It would, there would be a mental health crisis immediately. Right. Immediately. Oh, yeah. I mean, there would be a lot of people that would lose their minds. Uh, religion would be in shambles. I mean, okay, that reminds me. <clears throat> so right now, the number one abductee in the world, or the most famous, is, is uh, he's having experiences. And I believe his experiences are real. But he had a, uh, a virgin, like a, a, a virgin Mary appear to him, like a mother Mary, a lady in white oh, wow. appear to him. And uh, 
tell him that Amen Ra is God. Okay. No. <laughs> now, right? Now, now, if uh, we're going to believe it. what... My there we go. No. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm not discrediting the event. I'm sure it happened. But just because it happened doesn't mean it was true. Does it make sense? Like, I believe that's... I mean, come on now. You honestly believe the Virgin Mary, who birthed the Son of God from her womb, is going to come out and say, oh, by the way, Amen Ra, who I didn't believe in, uh-uh. And when I was a lot in life, you know, so, so what are we dealing with uh-uh, here? Again, like it's Ezekiel. No, like we have to have discernment. Like Ezekiel 13 calls them false prophets for a reason. Yes. You know, it's so it, scary too have... because there's so many people that say they're prophets and they do so many things to dement our minds to make us try <laughs> to believe that they are prophets. I do believe that man gets messages. All of us do. At one certain mm-hmm. time or another, we get messages from the other world, the other realm. I do believe that that is, you know, spiritual beings or somebody communicating with us, telling us things. Mm-hmm. There's certain things yes. that we do need to know. And discernment, that is a gift given to us, bestowed upon us by God. Um, just like mm-hmm. the light of Christ that lives within us. Like my big brother, Jesus, I love him to death. And he's so sexy. Oh, my God, this guy. Um, but anyways, like he did so many miraculous, amazing things. And still today, people don't believe that he existed. They just think he was another mm-hmm. man. I believe he was yeah. the son of God, whoever God is. Like that is still a question yeah. to all of us every every day. We may have faith mm-hmm. in things. We may believe in things. But what do we really know? Who in reality is right. he? And I don't know mm-hmm. about you, but did you witness the the second Bethlehem star? Like where all these planets aligned and recreated the mm-hmm. Bethlehem star. And then everybody's talking about, you know, Jesus's second coming, which I think he's been here for a while. You know, mm-hmm. Joan, Joan Osborne saying that song. What if God was one of us? Like, I think he has been walking among us and checking us mm-hmm. out and seeing what we're going through, seeing what we're doing, how mankind really is. Just to mm-hmm. interpret, like, how they should or when they should mm-hmm. come to the end, end of us. I don't know. I've been mm-hmm. seeing signs for a long time, and I don't know if you have, but I do believe mm-hmm. that the second coming is coming. I do believe the end of the world is coming. Um, mm-hmm. I can just feel it and see it everywhere. And I sound, like, when I say that, I sound really crazy to myself. But I do truly mm-hmm. believe that we are in the end of times. And that's one of the things we've been talking about since the beginning of time. The end of time and kids these days. Um, but I do mm-hmm. truly believe that we are in the end times. I don't know about you, how you feel about that. but I do. I believe that absolutely. I See, before I got into this field, I studied eschatology too. So it wasn't just theology. It was eschatology, which is the study of the end times. And uh, what's really chilling about that study is that when we speak about the Antichrist, we're not talking about something that's anti-Christ. It's, the actual wording means that it's a replacement of him. So it's going to be something that people would think it is Christ. And mm-hmm. that's why Paul says if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect. And that's why I'm looking at this phenomenon as you know, these apparitions the very... that are appearing to abductees, right? Yeah, the very elect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm looking at this thinking, okay, the message is not the miracle, right? Like, we're not, just because it's real, the manifestation's real, doesn't mean the message is. Right. That's how they're trying to deceive us. It's, it's incredible. Matter of fact, to go further with that, um, like in the Bible, they have what's called leprosy. 
But leprosy is not what we have today. Like it's not Hansen's disease of modernity. Their disease of leprosy in the Bible was a spiritual, again, we're getting back to abduction, was a spiritual condition first. And then it manifested on the body. <laughs> and, okay, and um, they said that it wasn't just the spirit first and the body second, but they believed that leprosy came upon a person when they got in contact with these false prophets. Ooh, radiation! All of it, sis, right? All of it. Yeah, you get sick, you get these sores, you get these oozing, pussing sores from being around mm -hmm. radiation. Makes To me, it makes so much sense right now. I never thought of that oh, before. Yeah. Scoot marks, all mm -hmm. kinds of different skin conditions. And their teaching was, listen, if you came in contact with what's called Lashon Hara in Hebrew, the evil tongue, that's what these entities are, Ooh. that it will manifest first on your spirit and then on your body. And yeah. so then they would say, you're unclean. This is, this is, this is I'm getting passionate. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's a napkin Incredible. for you. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, Jason, radiation burns, man. Radiation yeah, burns. Yeah, so indeed. They, they, they noticed this. In their, in their purity laws, and they said, okay, you're going to be unclean for seven days. Now, again, we're dealing with disincarnate entities that are Tumarua, right? I'm not getting too passionate, am I? <clears throat> I no, I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm using my hand gestures to just try to get through this shit. <laughs> it makes total sense. <sighs> and I never thought about that before. Yeah. Radiation burns, like Jason was saying. I, and I said that before he said that. Radiation yeah, yeah. causes these certain pussy sores and stuff like that to happen. Mm -hmm. Seven fucking days. Is that how long it takes it to go through your we system? Don't, we don't know. We don't know because what they were, they were deemed unclean. Uh, mm -hmm. So their uncleanness, their and if tumor. you're close with somebody else, you're going to share that radiation, and they're going to get it too. Yes. Oh my yes. god! Now check this out. This is getting deeper. Okay, they yeah. believe that leprosy would infect a house and yeah. affect their clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. So they, would, they would have to. Yes, they would go in and they would have to cleanse their house and cleanse their clothes and. And all of these different things that really line up with exactly what it was. What was it? Well, these people came in contact with these false prophets, these soul hunters, and because of that, they begin to have a skin condition. It could be, it could be, um, excuse me, it could be radiation burns, or it could be scoop marks. Whatever it was, we know that they were unclean, and so that was a way that they said, "Okay, you've been in contact with these entities." And people we don't believe in aliens and UFOs and stuff like that. But look at, okay, there's a picture of Mother Mary <laughs> holding this beautiful son, Jesus Christ, in her arms. And behind her, you see UFOs having a fucking battle. Have you seen that picture? Like, there was yes. actual UFO battles going on during this time of plague and such. Like, totally makes so much sense. If there was wreckage oh, yeah. from the battle, so on and so forth, and people went to check it out, they would get radiation poisoning and sores and share that with their household. That's incredible. When I found that out, man, I was like, oh, my God. It made so much sense. Um, so <clears throat> here's, here's, the, here's what they considered that, that, that disease to be. They considered it to be unclean. And, and so what their, um, the way to treat them was they would go and inspect these people and they would look at the sores and they would look at the skin conditions 
and and see if their skin conditions was healing. I mean, my God, this UFO abduction phenomenon through and through. But see, see, a lot of people, though, they're stuck in the dogma of the Holy Writ and they don't understand that it's a historical document, too. Mm -hmm. And so this is the data sample. People do. They get stuck in their faith. They get stuck in certain things. This is this, and that's all it can be. Like, open your mind and observe what's going on. Look at this artwork. Like, where did that come from? People are not making this up. People back in the day drew and wrote what they were seeing in front of them. You see the Mother Mary and Jesus Christ. You see the battle going on behind them. You see all the structures and shit. Like, this shit really happened. This shit was recorded. It's been going on since the beginning of time. Yes, yes. And uh, I I would have to differ from researchers like um, David Jacobs in the sense that Jacobs believes that these entities have only been abducting us since like the 30s or maybe that. Seriously. Yeah, give me a break. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm thinking, well, you know, he's, he's not like, I don't know, a Hebrew scholar or a Near East scholar. So obviously he wouldn't have access or knowledge of these ancient texts. But, you know, that's why I'm a demonologist and that's what I'm hoping to contribute to my field. But guys, they're still doing it. They've always been doing it. Mm-hmm. And we've been... They will we, continue we, been, to do it. Yeah. 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 And we misunderstood it throughout history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, when you did go and do your schooling for demonology, did you get an actual certificate that you can hang on your wall and say, hey, no. check this shit out? No. No. They're, no, they teach systematic demonology. So most of your demonology classes, which, by the way, you can't get a degree in demonology. I know. Or parapsychology. Yeah. This is just fictional. Even mythology, I believe, is real. I believe that these mm-hmm. certain entities did exist at one time. They could still yep. exist. Um, I believe it was real. And they're like, no, this is folklore or mythology or this is not real. I believe right. it was. Of course it is. Matter of fact, there's an Egyptologist, one of my favorite. His name is Henry Frankfurt. <clears throat> and uh, he comes out, he wrote a book. I forget what it was. It was, it was. It's an old book. But anyways, he talks about what's called mythopoic literature. And he says that basically ancient civilizations would carry on their personal beliefs and personal experiences through myths and poetry. Mm-hmm. And he said that's the only reason some of these ancient languages aren't dead. They're they're still alive. And, you know, they're not forgotten. He said that's why is because they they created myth and, and uh, folklore around it. So obviously this is real stuff, just like UFO abduction is. Is that folklore or is that human experience? <laughs> I think it is, but I don't think everybody can wrap their minds around it. So many people are just yeah. like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to believe in it. I have my everyday life to live. That's what I'm going to do. I don't really fucking care. So people don't mm-hmm. really look into it, but there's people like us that experience this and go through these different things. Um, mm-hmm. Chonies, you can't yep. be on here. I already told you. Get out of here, Chonies. <laughs> oh, sure. It can't see me. It can't uh, see yeah, me. When, once you come over here, they can. Get out. <laughs> Go on, yeah. Go on about your business. Dobie the house elf. <laughs> Come on. Once I gave you clothes, you'll be free. Come no, on. I'm not. No, All right. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Continue. You're good. You're good. Sounds cool. Sounds really cool. <laughs> um, you know, it's, again, you know, it's, like, I, I contacted a parapsychologist who basically didn't want to talk to me, um, treating me like I was a piece of trash. I've never, ever been treated like that before. <clears throat> Okay, you have a knowledge, mm-hmm. you know 
what you've experienced, you've done so much investigation on this as far as educating yourself, reading right. all these different scripts, so on and so forth. Like, how can somebody else say that this is not real? You're just doing this whole fairy tale, flu, 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 whatever thing. Like, mm-hmm. this was, is yeah, reality. He was one of my heroes in the field, and I I'm not going to tell you oh who it is, obviously. Gosh. But, uh, like, I, I messaged him on this, saying, you know what? I said, I really enjoy your work. I'm a demonologist, and, and before I could get half, like, half the, half the text out or the message out, immediately, I don't believe in demons. Glad you like my work. You're bothering you're, – you're, you're, what he said? He said you're wasting your time talking to me. What the oh heck? Oh, my man? gosh. It's that stuff is, like that. It brings that you down for a little bit. Then you come back up because yeah. you know you're on the right path. And a lot of people that are on the right path, the devil, <clears throat> demons, whatever, will come in and try to drag you down because they know yeah. you're on key, you're on point, you're you're where you need to be. They'll try to bring yeah. you down no matter what it is that they do. They know yeah. how to push your buttons, how to hurt and you. Exactly right. And if, if we're ever going to have a future in this field, we've got to embrace, embrace the next generation and invest in them. And not kick him to the curb. I mean, I have people that don't believe in demons either. But see, the, the, here's what's interesting, okay? Like, I have people that message me that are far-right Christians. And, like, they're mm-hmm. full of fundamentalism. And and they don't like me because I don't believe demons are fallen angels. I believe they're disincarnate humans. So well, it then, be, you know, It could be, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of, you know, salad of both. You yeah. Because where do fallen angels go? What are they doing? I could see right. some of them trying to work their way back up to heaven, but I could see some of them so discarnate on what happened to them, what God, God threw them mm-hmm. out. Your dad threw you out of the house. You're going to be pissed off. You're going to do whatever you can to get back mm-hmm. at him. So mm-hmm. I can see that too. But I do mm-hmm. know that there are spirits out there that are angry, unhappy, ugly individuals. Oh, yeah. And they're almost just as bad as demons. Like they can cause as much harm as demons do. Mm-hmm. I had one of them on my, my show last night. <laughs> Fuck you. So that's basically, that's exactly what he said. He called me an MF or I'm thinking, oh my Fuck God. You I mean, motherfucker. I, could, I could feel like, I mean, the, the last time he called us all um, MFers, it was plural. Yeah. And <clears throat> that had a lot of anger to it too. Like it was, he was pretty Well, pissed. you're calling him out. You're, you're showing all this evidence and they don't want people to know. They don't want people mm-hmm. to be educated about this. They want them to be ignorant and scared. Fear, mm-hmm. anger, all these other things they feed upon. That's what they like. They yeah. like to cause yeah, discord exactly right. and uh, infringement on your life. They want you to separate, divorce, do all these other things. Like be unhappy, mm-hmm. be depressed, kill yourself. Right. Please kill yourself. Don't do it. Like that's what they want. And I think it is a battle on our souls. Like we were talking about before. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's a war on souls. Like who can collect the most souls? Yes. Oh, man, these days it seems like it's going the other way than what we've wanted it to be for a long time. But this is really happening and people are ignorant Mm -hmm. to that fact. Yeah, yeah, they are. And matter of fact, fact, I had a lady contact me last year because we're talking about how they will, you know, victimize people and try to Mm -hmm. get them to do things that they wouldn't rationally do. Um, She uh, told me about her mother who was in a fourth stage of cancer and uh, she was in the hospital And she heard, she said her mom was in the bed and she said I was sitting down next to her reading a book. And it was at nighttime. They had a uh, door that was – the door of the bathroom was open, but the light was off. And she said out from the bathroom, a disembodied voice 
even the daughter heard it, said to, to the mom, why don't you just give up? It's your time mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Just Trying give up. To get, it's your yeah. time anyways. Yeah. Just get yeah. it over with. Just do it. Yep. That's Isn't what that they incredible? want. They want That's you to give they up. Want. They want you to crumble. They want you to take your own life. And I believe there is a place in heaven for lost souls. Lost souls that do not see the light at the end of the tunnel. And they do take their own lives. I don't think that everybody that does that goes to hell. I do think there is a special place for tormented souls, but man, they do. They feed upon that. They're just, you know, Mm -hmm. giving you that energy. Just do it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's your time anyways. Go on. Exactly right. And just give up. You know, you you know, you're going to die anyways. Might as well just stop the process. Yeah. And so her mother and her were able to realize that obviously that was a spiritual attack. And so like she decided, you know what, I'm not going to give up. And she, you know, she's in remission. She, things, you know, worked out for her a lot better than it would have if she just said, you know what, I'm done with it. I'm going to die anyway, so let's just get it over with. But you're mm-hmm. right, that's what they want. Yeah. And you have to ask yourself why. Is it because, you know, they, they have authority over you because, you know, you listen to them? We don't know that. <clears throat> well, and I've had, you know, I believe that I have a family curse. I did try to take my life. The third time I tried to take my life and it didn't work, I was like, I'm obviously here for a reason, you know, and I was a a teenager at the time and that's a really hard point. And I think everybody's life is being a teenager. Mm -hmm. You're going through the hormonal changes, the craziness, like nothing seems to make sense. Uh, Eventually you will see the light at the end of the tunnel. You will see the way out, but it's so overwhelming at that point. And even at an older age, like you're talking about this lady, I can imagine yeah. how overwhelming that this situation was for her and for these entities to, to to be talking to her like that. Like, you know, it's your time already. Just do it. Come on. Come on. Mm-hmm. You can do it. You know, just trying to collect those souls. But um, at that point, when I'm saying that, the scientific method, I've always been a really big fan of science. I really love it. Um, they recently discovered that when people die right there at the base of your... Uh, skull and your spine they Mm -hmm. have recorded a light an energy that is still there even after your heart stops beating even after your mind stops racing there is still Mm -hmm. a light there and then eventually it will go away i think that is Mm -hmm. our our incarnate energy that carries on to the next life Mm -hmm. and i do believe that there is something after this life. I do believe that there's oh, yeah. something more. We're not just going to be buried in a hole or cremated and, and nothing more will happen. I believe there is more and there are mm-hmm. more lives. Um, you can repeat it. If you have different lessons to learn, if you're a master and, and you've learned everything, then you will maybe create your own world or something. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. pretty intriguing, um, but I do yeah. believe there is more after life, not just death. There's not just this darkness, a void. Right. And I have a friend, Absolutely. Jack Mackerel, who has died repeatedly from heart attacks and shit at least five times. And he's like, I mm-hmm. never saw anything. I never saw anybody. Nobody ever came for me. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. But I think there's that point where some of the thing, these things are wiped away. Like, you don't remember everything. It's kind of like dreams i don't remember all my dreams i know i dream Mm -hmm. but i Mm -hmm. don't remember them all so i think he did experience something but he's not meant to remember it yeah yeah that's true maybe and i've had that case my my own personal life too 
where I've had dreams where um, I would get a lesson. I hated it because I was like, man, I'm, I couldn't remember. What the heck was I getting? Right? Like, I know. It's something yeah. important. What the hell was it? Yeah, um, but we are yeah. at the end of our time, Nathaniel. Uh, can you tell That's our so listeners cool. about your books, where they can find them, where they can find you for more questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my uh, book, A Moment Called Man, is on sale for um, – on Amazon for sale, rather – and um, basically, that book is about people who are learning to find their calling in life. I lost a good friend to addiction, and he was mm-hmm. medicating the gift. He was called a manifest. So, so that's what that book's about. Um, <clears throat> my second book, The Skin That Crawls, is out for format right now. It's up for pre-order under, under my bio on my Instagram. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's me. Well, I'm so glad you came out tonight, and I definitely want you to come back. If you're into yeah. that, I'd love you to come mm-hmm. back because I think we're just at the cusp of like what we were talking about this evening. There's so much more um, mm-hmm. that we can share with each other and learn from each other. But I'm so grateful that Michelle directed you to me or me mm-hmm. to you, and, and we were able to do this tonight. It was a really amazing show, and I'm so grateful that you were here. There's so much stuff that made sense to me, and so many things that you said that, like I said, you you really freaking blew my mind, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a good thing to hear. You know, that's a, It's been an honor to be with you, and I agree. Michelle is incredible, and I'm excited to come back. Well, thank you so much again, Nathaniel, for joining us tonight on Late Night in the Rockies. It was a pleasure having you this evening. Thank you so much. You have a good one. Me too. And thank you to all of our friends on We Are Paradox Media's Facebook, Spreaker, Twitter, Periscope, iHeartRadio, and wherever else beyond the omniverse that you're listening tonight. I had a wonderful time, and I can't wait to do it again next weekend when we have Mr. Steve Stockton. I listen to him almost every night telling scary stories, so on and so forth. And then we have Mr. Mark Fiorentino, and we're going to be talking about the universe according to Einstein. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for this show. Thank you so much again, Michelle, for helping us with uh, having these guests and all these interesting things. It's it's amazing. I love it so much. Don't forget, you guys, we are all in this together. Together, we can make the world a little better. And together, my friends, we are Paradox Media because without you, there is no us. If you would like to join us on Skype, you can go to the after party. Look me up at tessa.n.thomas30 or give us a jingle jangle on your phone, 970-335-9596. That's 970-335-9596. Until next time, nighty night, love and light to all of my friends out there. You guys take care of my news, and I hope to see you back here next week.